And I'm Buttery Hot Stuff. I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Alexander. And I'm Kevin. And it's time for episode number 144 of Video Games Hot Dog. Gross. Something seems different. <laughs> yeah, joining us is uh, Alexander, who you might know as Droken, who you might not know as Droken, who you might know as the the kid who made Starseed Pilgrim, a video games hot dog favorite. How's it going? Thanks for joining us, Alexander. It's going well. I'm I'm situated on lots of pillows. Yeah. Thanks for having Got me here sort of like on these pillows. Throne. Got a little pillow yeah. fort. What do the red ones mean? Um, they're for my arm. Oh, <laughs> also oh, friendship, of course. <laughs> Uh, so Alexander's in town for GDC a little early, hanging out. You guys went on some adventures today? That's true. Exploratorium. Ooh, mm. did you explore it? We did. We touched a bunch of stuff. Did you Did you see new things there? It seems like every time we I go, we see some things them. that we didn't see before. Everything was new to you. There is a fucking it second was. floor. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. Huh. Neither oh. did I. I have no- <laughs> <laughs> You did not explore thoroughly enough the first time? <laughs> I've been there ten times. I did not know there was a second floor. It runs you out of gas really fast. It is a it is information overload. Yeah. We're not little kids anymore. I am. So I saw the whole thing. How was it? <laughs> it was really cool. Mm. The only thing is that I was worried that I'd lost you and I don't have a phone. That's true. So even more, I was like a kid because I was like, oh, where, where's the person who's going to take me home? You followed the wrong pair of legs and then looked up and it wasn't Kevin. <laughs> You need to figure out. Uh, we got to get you a burner cell yeah. phone, so, so I can, can so, so I can, can do deals. Get into contact with uh, with Kevin when you need to ride somewhere, and get us some some crystal meth. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I can do it without a burner. So you've never seen the wire, Zach. I haven't, and yet you still call them burners. That was where I learned the term burner. That is probably indirectly where I learned it too. Okay. So you learned it without having watched it. Do you just like you absorb know, the s- media? I do. I, I get it. I get it orthogonally. You know, the uh, if the scientist from the Muppets got a cell phone that was yes. disposable and untraceable, it would be a Bunsen burner. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Agreed. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And then and then uh, just before the podcast started, I had a beer stolen by somebody who was apparently trying to observe the law. It wasn't exactly stolen. <laughs> it was taken out of my hand. I think it's. A, I, think I it's was a, on private property almost. I would. I would <laughs> describe that as a confiscation uh, rather than a theft. Uh, I like to think though that she that she didn't work there. Yeah, I and she, she was just trying to steal beer. his beer. I mean, I'm okay with that. I'm honestly okay with that. It was a good gambit. It so so Kevin will often just leave the bar next door with a beer. In fact, just every time. Listen, I have done this dozens of times at dozens of bars. But the thing that you have to have is like a fucking hoodie with a pocket. I you just can put your beer no, in I just until you're out of sight of the people who work uh, at the bar. She was not wearing bar uniform. There is no bar uniform. This is San Francisco. <laughs> bar uniform is they dress like everybody else. <laughs> In that case, Maybe she, they was, more she was dressed like everybody else. They have more beards. Under. Okay, but the the entrance to yeah, the she bar was a plain is clothes bartender. Is, <laughs> the entrance to the bar is maybe maybe ten feet. Yet from you almost the made to the it. Office. You almost made it. But when you get busted, ah. as a as a man, you have a responsibility to accept the bust with grace. Fuck that. I just don't believe it. I just so mad. It. No, because it's absurd. I mean, I. Uh, so frustrating. It was 
it was maybe one sixth full. Here's here's the thing that's going to make me even more unpopular, yes. if you can believe it. So I, for instance, think that it's kind of silly that our laws operate such that it is legal for me to drive to a bar, drink a beer, and then drive home. Okay. At no point am I over the legal limit. It is not legal for me to drink a beer in my car on the way home <laughs> from the grocery store. Right. Even though, in the former case, there's more alcohol in aggregate in my system sure. while I am driving than in the latter... Law doesn't make any sense. I'm not actually in danger of doing the thing that the law is trying to prevent, so I just ignore that law. I don't totally drink a beer in the car. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, is, so here's a question. Are open container laws in vehicles more or less punitive than a DUI? I think they are less punitive. So then that's probably like, Because fine. I think if that's all you had, like, because you can't get a DUI as a passenger, and you can't have an open Can you not? Passenger. Yeah. Okay. Because you're not D-ing. Can, yeah. You're definitely you're definitely you, you the I, but you're not D-ing. P-U-I? Yeah, you're passenging. That's yeah. what they call is, being a passenger, right? Is, that's not, I don't... No? No, I don't think so. That's, no. I think that's a verb. Passenging? I'm mm. not sure. What does the word passenger mean? Well, there are passenger pigeons. <laughs> I think it goes back to passenger there pigeons. There aren't passenger pigeons anymore, though. Sure there are. What? What are the pigeon? What are the birds there, that they that used to like there's darken zomb- zombies now? <laughs> One of the birds that used to darken the sky. Yeah, like no, I'm not like I'm not even joking. Beelzor, Raven of Omen. <laughs> there used to be. I, I'm pretty sure it was passenger pigeons. They would just fly like across the sky in swarms that would literally darken the sky for well, several minutes. One of them was driving. The rest were passengers. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> All right, and that's where the term comes from. Right. Uh, the notion of, like, darkening the sky and the contiguous forest from Maine to Florida or whatever is just apparently all bullshit. Like, that's just that's just not how the world worked. Shadowrun has that continuous city from Maine to Florida. Yeah, that with the... The sprawl. The sprawl, thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. What's, what's not how the world worked? Like, the birds? There weren't really the birds that. And the trees. There were never yeah. that many birds. Yeah. Dummy. Yeah. I mean, think about... Okay, add, add up all the dinosaurs you've ever known... And then evolve them into birds. That's not how evolution works. <laughs> that is totally how evolution works. This isn't works. Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, it's like this weird, it's this weird like fixed population. It's like a like a zero sum Pokemon. <clears throat> there are there are the same number. Twitch of souls. plays I evolution. Mean, like, <laughs> re, if anybody who's like, oh yeah, reincarnation, that might be a thing. They're, okay, if that's true, then there have to be a fixed number of souls. So the reason oh. that they, the reason those birds no longer darken the skies, is because as you've said, is because humans have overbred, and there are too many souls being taken up by like Chinese people, but like, and Indians. Sure. What things have souls? Yeah, do bacteria have souls? Because do I learned rock, a lot do about trees. Them have today. souls? Trees have spirits. Are those uh, not souls? No. Okay. Do cities have spirits? Sure, yeah. yeah. Are there, like, different ones? Like, are there, like, smog spirits and, like, uh, yeah, like an organiz- shitty traffic spirits? An organization will have an esprit de corps. <laughs> okay. Um, like, uh, if you eat an apple, what's left, the apple spirit has gone away, but the esprit de corps is still there. Oh. You, you, throw, you throw that in the, in the ghost of a trash can. <laughs> Wait, what's a ghost? Is a ghost a soul or a spirit? <laughs> a ghost, I think a ghost is a soul. <laughs> So trash cans have souls. <laughs> yeah, but not. Do mailboxes have souls? Yeah. What about shoes? Yes. Okay. Shoes have, <laughs> shoes have two souls. Okay. Yes. Per well, pair or each? Yeah, four. Four for the pair, yeah. 
No, no, a pair. You know, it's like Does no one ever talks a about a pair core, <laughs> right? But it totally has a core. But you're like, if you're like, if say Heathcliff is digging through the garbage, you, shit flies out of the garbage, right. you know. And it's like a fish skeleton. It's whatever. Like a that never happens anymore. A, and how come you don't a, fight this fish is the, skeletons? This is the in first item in my list of things about Heathcliff imagery that don't happen anymore. When when have you ever seen like a fish skeleton? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Was it at like a fish museum? No, it was when we were eating fish at my house. Okay, so you ate all around the skeleton, and there was yeah, just yeah, fish yeah. bones. It's left? actually it's it's uh, it's you just like you you don't like just cram a piece of fish in your mouth and then pick up. The, that's the worst way to do it. You you take the but fish off the bones. It's it's not like in cartoons where you just put the fish in your mouth and then pull on the tail yeah. and you yeah. pull it out and it makes like a it makes like a xylophone arpeggio yeah. as you do it or like mm. a zipper noise anyway there's never a pear core what there is it's like a string it's, i've been listening like to jump, a lot of pear jumping core around jumping around a so. city yeah <laughs> what <laughs> what what, you know, you gotta explain that You, you, climb, that you joke, climb up but... walls and you like flip, oh, flip off of things. Okay, see, that was actually oh. pretty good. And we, that was good, and we yeah. didn't get Wait, it. Wait, I'm missing yeah. it still. Parkour. 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 Yeah. What? Kevin was making fun of me earlier because I didn't know how to pronounce Richard Feynman's last name. It's true. Is it Feynman? Yeah. Apparently, yes. I don't know how to pronounce yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. I've never so, okay, said so it. Like, I guess this is a situation to. where, like, like if you have ever only ever encountered a word in print, you don't necessarily know how to pronounce it. But like, I, I always thought that epitome was pr- pronounced epitome, mm-hmm. yeah. and I didn't realize they were the same word. And I was like, oh, and then I had an a different a different thing. <laughs> you had, that's an, not ep- you had an epiphany. Epiphany. There yeah, you go. had an epiphany. Epiphany. <laughs> also, I was convinced that. You could spell drawer, D-R-O-O-R. Hmm. And until I brought this to someone... Well, (laughs) (laughs) Well, I thought that was allowed, and people wouldn't laugh at you. Hmm. Um, I'm trying to think if there were any things that I thought were pronounced one way. I pronounced onyx oinks and girl grill, but I think that might have been dyslexia rather than, like... Girl? Wait, girl? Yeah. Like... At a certain point, you were such a dork that you had only ever seen the word girl in print. No. <laughs> okay. That was good. That was good. Yeah. That was good. Thanks. <laughs> Sometimes. So, when I met Kevin, Kevin took me on a tour of, of Boston. It was a historical facts and uh, anecdotes <clears throat> tour of Boston. 70% of which were just made up. Yes. I saw the... I saw the the place where Benjamin Franklin's parents were buried. Right. <laughs> According to Kevin. I, yep. Paul Blart's house. <laughs> yeah. It was weird, because I was like, who's Paul Blart? And you're like, oh, you'll find out three years from now when the finest comedy film in the history or future of this world is made. Silversmith turned I, Did you mean cop? Paul Revere? Yeah. You're thinking of Johnny Tremaine. Oh, right. Right. The silversmith turned uh, the Lidamide baby. Yeah, I know someone last name Tremaine. He's, oh yeah, yeah, three. Is he a silversmith? No, not okay. that I'm aware of. Do, does he? Are his fingers uh, fused together in a grisly silversmithing accident? Like with like bears? Do bears have fused? Bears, fingers? bears' finger like they're they're pretty close, right? Like they're. I guess I've never seen a bear give like a a high five with like open fingers. <laughs> with like a <laughs> bear displayed high five. 
Yeah, but I think bears have normal ass hands. I don't think they're quite. They normal. have ass hands. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think ass hands are normal. No. <laughs> Jazz hands. <laughs> So, Jazz Bear. What, what have uh, what have you been playing, Alexander? Have you been playing any video games, Alexander? That's I played I played a about. lot of Etrian Odyssey on the airplane. Number four. Yeah. Number four. Right. Nice. Um, I have I beat the first one and then I got the second one. Like I compl- like the the first one I beat everything except well okay I, I beat it. Let's just I don't. There's like a secret. Nobody's there's like a nobody's secret disbelieving you. There's it's a like, secret dungeon at the end which I beat, but there are also like three dragons, and I didn't beat them because they're just nightmares. You have to exploit the hell out of the system to fight them. What do you what? mean? Like it's built in that you have to? No, do it's something just that feels like, like you, an exploit. Or so each dragon has is like based <clears throat> on one element, and there is a class in the game that is relatively overpowered. Um, called the like people have talked about it being overpowered. It's a protector or something, um, and you you basically have to train like a really good protector in the art of protecting your party from a particular element oh, to wow. be able to beat that dragon. Hmm. Oh, so you have to like specialize in one skill tree of one class and yeah. level it all the way up to be able to do it. And that's for one dragon out of three. Okay. So is it impossible to fight all three dragons in a single game? Well, no. You just have to. Oh, you, you, you can you can create new characters yeah. and bring them into your party and um, like just fucking start over with the billion grind march. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, yeah. It's it is definitely a grindy game, but like so I played the first one just on the bus on my way to school over the course of a year or something, and that was awesome because I didn't have anything better to do on the bus. This was before I had a laptop. Okay. And then I got the second... I thought you were going to say before you met girls. Grills. I think you mean before they Before they integrated the buses of Toronto and allowed girls to ride the bus. <laughs> they should take buses the same way. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> You're too busy with your Yeah, I'm too busy games. with my, my, my two screens. That's one, that's one more screen than most things have. That's true. It's <laughs> one more screen than girls have. You know how many screens? Two more screens than girls have. <laughs> you know how many screens the 3DS has? Technically, three. <laughs> Does that count though? I mean, like you could you could say that like a well, a normal monitor is just two normal screens put side by side. Well, no, you couldn't. Really. You could say that a yeah, normal you, monitor is actually okay. Four. But here's what I would yeah. say. I would say if you had a lenticular picture of Elvis who did a three-frame dance, Yeah, you would have three pictures of Elvis. Okay. So if you have a lenticular monitor that's capable of displaying two different pictures, then you have, a, you have two monitors. What if you have one picture that has three, like, images of Elvis, but they're all, like, part of the same picture? Do you have one picture of Elvis's or three pictures of Oh, right, of like, Elvis? how many pictures of Marilyn Monroe did Andy Warhol make? Yeah. Was it four? Yeah. I think it was four. Did yeah. each one get 15 minutes of fame? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, she was famous for an entire hour. hour. Okay, yeah. good. She couldn't handle it, though. No. Anyway, Etrian Odyssey. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's a good game for buses. Yeah, but but then I got a laptop, and I just... I did productive things on buses, and I didn't have any time for it. Then I got the third one because I wanted it, and I played even less of that than the second one. Okay. And then I got the fourth one, and I tried to play that one, and I was like, eh, I got pretty far, and then I kind of tapered off, and then I got in the airplane, I've just... Played it for like five hours solid. Okay, it was great. Because you I recently spent a bunch of time in an airplane. Yeah, there's nothing to do on an airplane except it play. Wait, did I say that right? Did I, did I say there's nothing to do on an airplane? 
I feel like I accidentally said Etrian or something. (laughs) Anyway. There's nothing to Etrian on an airplane? There's There's nothing to Etrian. Oh, also I played The Last of Us. On an airplane? No, no, not not on the airplane. You were just you were just, just larping the Last of Us on the airplane. You were like, "Oh, you look like a mushroom face guy." You just hit him with, hit him with a board. <laughs> They're like, "Where did you Where did you get that board?" It was just on the plane. Like, they, what? Where did you get this shitty plane? I think is a better question. <laughs> they call it like, boarding the plane. What the fuck are you talking about? That's when they load all the boards on, right? Like, yeah. sure. Some yeah. of them have nails in them. Those are the well. Yeah. No, most of them. Yeah. Most of them are really one. No, most of them are really rough and like just recently from the tree. That's why they have to disembark at the yeah. end. Uh. And the tool they used to do that with is called a plane. <laughs> you guys, it's come it's full, full circle. circle. <laughs> <laughs> so is that you know when I was a kid, I thought that uh, trains always had to go in a circle. Like I thought that all train routes oh, because were it was circles like, because of model trains. Model trains, and <laughs> also and also because look at that fucking train. How many directions is that train moving? One. Like <laughs> it can go backwards. It turns out later in life in Phoenix, where there's not often a train, but when there is, you're going to be sitting there for like forty five fucking minutes. Oh yeah. Because the train will go, then it'll back up, then it'll move forward, then it'll back up. Then it'll move forward. I think you've had some bad experiences uh, sort of having uh, life near a train depot where they're constantly adding and taking yeah. cars off of trains. Yeah. I, it's also possible <clears throat> that I sometimes become unstuck in time while waiting at intersections. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're so busy writing source code. So is Etrian Odyssey 4 worse in terms of being grindy than one? I don't or two or remember three. which one that I played. Riff, you've got some experience with this series. Don't yeah, you? I played... Um, I played four. I played the first two third, uh, first two fifths of four over the previous Christmas, and then the first two fifths of the remake of one over the most recent Christmas. Wait. So what? How do you know two fifths? Uh, I just <coughs> guessing on like. Cause oh, it's, like it's, the number of areas. Yeah, the number of floors that the main labyrinth is supposed to have. All right. So. Um, like that, so that totally that makes sense for one, but in four there is no main labyrinth. Oh yeah, that's right. It was all separate little caves. Then I don't yeah. know how I knew. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You mean you don't know what you based your baseless assumption on? Exactly. I think it's possible that you just always think you're forty percent done with something. That's possible. It's mm. a good number. Like how how far are we into this podcast? Uh, two minutes. <laughs> Out and of five. how long how long is this podcast usually, Riff? Uh, well, let's see. I'm going to say about... If you don't say five minutes, I'm going to smack you. <laughs> five minutes. Yeah, see, when when Kevin... When Kevin is coaching you on jokes, you know that you've really, you've really <laughs> fallen from grace, Riff. It's, it's math. <laughs> That's not my field. <clears throat> How about you, Zach? Have you been playing any video games? Well, uh, have you been playing anything other than Etrian Odyssey? Oh, Last four? of Us. Last of Us. Last, yeah. Um, I, but I, I finished that. Um, I also do you, do you have a con a con a console a video game? Yeah, console I've got I've got house. a PS triple. Okay. Um, I got it. I bought it for Dark Souls. Okay. Um, wow, and really? and Demon Souls. I bought it well after they were both out, but that's why I bought it, and I don't regret it. Is this is a uh, this is an aside. Is that little netbook that you use your only computer? No, I have a desktop at home that I don't really use for development. Like, I 
do, but just because it's there and it's a little faster. Hmm. But you don't find that having like a real keyboard and a real mouse and a real monitor. I'm very comfortable with the with like the the touchpad on the the monitor or the monitor on the the touchpad on the computer device. Does it not have like one of those like nipples that? No, it doesn't have. I haven't seen one of those in a while. Uh, The Lenovo's the Lenovo's still have them. Uh, The the thing that ThinkPads became still have the little the little nubbin thing. I was really. Like I think I actually like those better than trackpads, huh? But it's so rare to find one. But mm. so the thing about trackpads is, if they don't have external buttons, they kind of blow. Mm. Yeah. So like, if they're on a Mac, <laughs> yeah, the Mac ones are okay because they still have clickiness. And like, I so I, I don't oh, use, right, right. I don't use it. I don't always use the external buttons, but they're really nice to have because some trackpads just have really shitty right-click detection. You're like, I'm tapping with the right number of fingers, but you're not doing it. It is surprising to me, it is always very surprising to me, the number of people who primarily work on, on a, a laptop. laptop. Yeah, Because mm-hmm. I feel like, Kevin, you you have a laptop as your main machine, but you yeah. connect a full-size keyboard to it, although yeah. it's one of those weird little chiclety <laughs> Mac Bluetooth keyboards. No, no, it isn't. It isn't? No. Oh. It's a full-size keyboard. Okay, maybe I'm confusing it with something else. Yeah, you're I, thinking of the the keyboard that I connect my phone to. The, I'm using the Bluetooth. My phone as my primary keyboard. And my my phone is my primary computer at home because I don't have a computer at home. I see. Yes. I am um, man. I need I need all the monitors and all the full-size mm-hmm. keys. Yeah. I use I use like a 1999 ass keyboard because <laughs> I then like you use it. Like a yeah, matrix. Cherry blue switches. Clackety um, clackety. <laughs> you were you use like a like a matrix style computer which is like monitors arrayed around like on a giant tree yeah they're all on armatures thing. with like weird magnifiers in front of them yeah. like a Terry Gilliam <laughs> yes. style like they're just like bare awesome. CRTs oh, and the and like so good. you have it set so like your terminal display like scrolls down your screen one character at a time mm-hmm. which I don't I don't fucking understand how you do it and but like you're like blonde, this is yeah. brunette. totally how it works yeah blonde pale ale <laughs> right. um, the is last of us good yeah wow 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 you didn't even like coordinate that yeah. you're simpatico that was great um i liked this it this is our 144th episode of this podcast <laughs> it's gross 12 square um um it was good once i set it to easy and stopped trying to engage with the system as an interesting game system and basically took it in as something movie-ish but not really like it's it wasn't a movie but i call it a movie because it's very like it was like, it is a game but it's just like here's the story you're going through it um and kind of nothing you do matters because either you fail to continue the story or you continue the story there's no there's no branching in it um there's no branching there there is like Obviously, like with everything where you can actually like move around, there's some element of you coming through as a character in the game. Um, but no, there's no there's no branching as huh. far as I know. Are there pieces of information or pieces of backstory that you either get or don't get based on how thoroughly you explore? Like, yeah. is that there are there's so. um like there's so there I mean uh, assuming that you know basically what the situation is with the game. Um, it's like a dude with a little girl and zombies. Yeah, That's, and that is as much as I know about it because I've not played it. There's a bunch of items and shit that you can read or not read. Like there's pe- like people leave letters and you can explore to find the letters or not. Um, but there are also moments where like the girl says something and you have to you can 
you ha- you basically you can plus you can press triangle if you're looking at her to like say something and then you'll like go into a little conversation or you can just not. It's like press triangle to feel. Uh, it's it's just <laughs> it it actually reminds me of, like Assassin's Creed. You just press triangle to like use your like head to interact with people. Like huh. a, like if you're in bird form, you can peck them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's no. It's I don't I don't know. Wait, bird? What's bird form? That's not any game. <laughs> I did, I did joke while playing Assassin's Creed that if you collect enough feathers, you be, if you collect a hundred feathers, you get to become an eagle. That seems reasonable. Yeah, yeah. is yeah. that not a thing? No, that. I, I, yeah, that's a thing. Oh, good. Yeah, I, so I read that's about. That's what I'm it. saying. Then yeah. press triangle to yeah. pack. Pack. <laughs> but it it was a good movie. Okay. Yeah. It was that's... it was it was a and it was good that it was a game. But I wouldn't have. I would. I didn't enjoy I mean, it. Until d- I changed is it a, is it a is it a movie that merits being? 20 hours long um was it 20 hours long i don't know how long oh i have no idea how long it was probably more in the realm of 10 okay um i'm i keep getting told that i should play it but I, it's it takes a lot to get me to it's yeah, on my list of stuff console. to play now that i have access to a ps3 i'm kind of excited about the back catalog of stuff that i'd never oh, huh. had to play you should play arkham asylum i, I think that you would that, actually really like and arkham I asylum play journey which i never got a chance to play yeah, yeah, play journey is pretty nice yeah we met um <clears throat> we met robin hunnicky yeah like a few days ago. Oh, have you not played Journey? No. I've not played Journey. I really like Journey. I f- yeah, no, it's it's like I I know that that is something. I just didn't have access to anything that would play it. Yeah. So, um, one thing about so like you're asking if it <clears throat> merited being 20 hours, right? Um, or 10, whatever. It's kind of weird comparing it to a movie, even though I'm the one calling it a movie, because it's kind of more like compa- you'd it'd be better to compare it to like a short television show series. Okay. Because and not the- a book. Like, or a book, um, but like the thing about a movie is it's meant like you. No one watches half a movie and then comes back and watches the other half. Usually, sometimes, but not usually. Movies are a one sitting kind of deal. Um, but like, I didn't play The Last of Us all in one sitting, and I wouldn't expect anyone to. Um, are there break points at yeah. the say twenty two minute <laughs> <laughs> interval, like? Like so, so you play for twenty two minutes, and then you maybe get to see an advertisement about another Sony product, <laughs> and then you or play for, for another twenty two minutes, or for right. mushrooms. Yeah, and then yes. then you take a week Boards. off, and then you go back and yeah, and then and repeat. Yeah, yeah, Board exactly. Schools. Maybe maybe more like a like a one hour, like a, you know, Game of Thrones, like watch an hour. Okay, it's like a. But there's there's breaks. I guess like because so much TV at this point is consumed in these sort of binges yeah because it's not it's all mm-hmm. online or yeah and i mean it's not like i played it in one hour segments either i played it over like three sessions of like four hours each or something yeah so 10 hours yeah well 12 10 i i can do math i just choose not to. we were having a lively conversation on the way here about converting from fahrenheit to celsius yeah i think you we were found, it, you were right you we were found right some middle ground five eight yeah. where we just decided to both agree with me Five eighths, thirty-two. There's like a five, no wait. It's nine, nine fifths, fifths plus thirty-two Celsius times nine fifths plus thirty-two. Right? I don't want to think about how to do it the other way. Okay, I, even good. though it's really simple now, I think it's just the reverse. It. Yeah, yeah. You, well, yeah. so to go the other way, you find a cricket, you count the number of times they chirp in fifteen seconds. <laughs> okay, what? That's a real thing. Yeah, sure. You, you can get the temperature by but, counting the. The frequency of cricket chirps varies according to the temperature. But I mean, it's a bad. I I don't think you should use that to convert Celsius to Fahrenheit because that's a lot to. Well, no, you get a Canadian cricket, which I think is called <laughs> soccer, 
an American cricket. <clears throat> and you just see you you know they got a, like a weird <laughs> syncopation. They got a syncopation thing going. It's good. It's a weird time signal. Hmm. Zach, what have you been playing? Uh I play I have been playing almost uh exclusively the uh the new campaign for the Shadowrun Returns mm. computer RPG. Okay. I played all the way through it. Uh, I beat a, I beat a video game. I played a video oh, you game finished it. to completion. Yeah, I finished it this morning oh, here, uh, here in the office. Um, it is much better than the campaign that shipped with Okay. Is, is this Returns. the one that is set in Berlin? It is the one that is set in Berlin. Okay. Uh, it, it turns out there's... Uh, this was a stretch goal of their Kickstarter campaign. <clears throat> yeah. And I guess there were some people who were a little annoyed that they were then they they delayed it and then sold it separately. But uh, the Kickstarter backers got it for free. I don't know that they did. I, I did. Yeah, we did. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh, well, fine. <clears throat> did you have to back at the get everything forever level? No, just the game. Okay. Yeah. I uh, I scanned. You didn't uh, back at a level high enough to get in your name in the credits. I, I did scanned not. the credits for your name. No, I I did not do any of the like. I was really tempted to get like I think there was something at like 125 was like some sort of dog tags that were uh, actually a U- USB stick or something USB yeah hmm. key I I got that one they're pretty good <clears throat> was um, his name in there in the credits I didn't check for his I forgot <laughs> He's, he is always going to back things at a higher level than I. No, am. but I didn't. I didn't know for a fact that Riff had backed that Kickstarter. Okay. I didn't back it. I knew that you had. Okay, which right. was weird. So I often, I often say that I would like the Shadowrun setting better without the fantasy elements. This maybe made me change my mind oh, about that whoa. a little because they're used pretty well. Nice. I man, Shadowrun <clears throat> is my favorite uh, campaign setting by far. Followed by Mage the Ascension, which is the like one of the, the white wolf. the white wolf like yeah. for math nerds instead of like drama nerds. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I mean, just because everyone got into vampire as like a LARPing thing does not mean that Mage is any more or less. No, but I think Mage is I, all I, about telling stories. I right? was just making fun of you, but I do I do think that maybe Mage is more for the like nerdy dude set than the like really? overweight girl in black lipstick set. <laughs> like really? mage is definitely really? less gothy yeah it's less gothy but i don't i don't understand the mathy component because it's it like white wolf tries to avoid numbers in a lot no of ways. but i mean it's like a, it's like i uh, i can't articulate this precisely i feel like being a wizard because you have figured out the secret rules of physics is <laughs> more is more of a okay like I can I can see what you're white kid I, the appeal is definitely like yeah okay sure that, like it's not romantic right it's very it's very pragmatic what do you, how would you rate how would you rate fans of uh, Dan Brown like Da Vinci Code. Where would that fall in? You know, like, that, I think, was enough after... Like, that occurred after I codified everything. Like, the the Da Vinci Code didn't come out until I already knew everything. (laughs) And so, yeah, I have no idea where it fits into into my I read the Da Vinci Code, and I also read another book called Angels and Demons, I think. Mm -hmm. That was a prequel I they think. were like yeah. the exact same book I, sure i Pretty can't much all his books are exactly the same <laughs> it's like the, the exact same things happened i cannot take the 
I don't remember much anymore, but after reading the two, I couldn't detangle the plot elements from one another. It was like they were just both the same book overlaid on top of each other. I was just like, I don't... Okay. So this game had dragons. <laughs> um... <laughs> This is Shadowrun yeah. Returns. Okay. Shadowrun Returns were the, Dragon. Were the fall. dragons what convinced you? That? They honestly kind of were so there there were two things that there were two things that convinced me. So that What is awesome is that we had a conversation just <clears throat> days ago about how you still didn't think dragons were cool. I don't actually think that dragons are cool. Okay. Like I don't like them as I don't like them as an enemy in games. I don't really like and you don't ever actually fight spoiler alert, you don't ever actually fight a dragon because I think Aww. because the engine doesn't really support things that are that big. Okay. You see one. You see one and it you looks You would probably get your shit wrecked if you fought a yeah, dragon. Yeah, no, you probably would. We but, uh, we like, fought a dragon once in the pen and paper version. We had to scrape together about 120 d6 to roll all at once when it breathed on us. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. <laughs> It's a cool story. I don't know how fun it would have actually been. I mean, and what did you actually add them up? Did you, somebody sit there yeah. and add up 120 d6? Not only okay, do you so have then to did add you re-roll them up. all the fucking yes, sixes? Yes, you, you have, have to re-roll, re-roll all, all the fucking those sixes. sixes. Yep. Oh. We 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 went down to the kitchen and found an empty coffee can to roll all the dice with. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, that that's why story is also awesome. why, were you in some hoarder kitchen? Why were they keeping empty coffee cans? An empty coffee can is a useful thing to have around. I, in I case you need to roll 100 d6s. Exactly. Sure, I guess that's that's true. Uh, honey, we might have a child who is a huge nerd who needs this coffee can for something. Don't throw it away. So the dragons in Shadowrun, there are not very many of them, and their natural instinct to hoard treasure after the Awakening turns into a natural instinct to hoard political power and influence, and so they become these like secret shadowy corporate overlord yeah. dudes. So, so that's... That's an interesting take on it. So there's also this point where... And you also, like, in, in the first campaign, you interact with the Universal Brotherhood, which is pretty cool, right? Like... I don't remember... That's, those are, like, the bug bug dudes. Mm. Yeah, the, the, the insect Scientologists. Mm. Yeah. Oh. I don't know that I got that far. I Like, I, I don't remember where I bounced off of the first... Oh, okay. So there's another subplot in this where it's not really a subplot. Like, this is more open than the previous one but it's still like you get to a point in the middle where there are like five or six things that you can do and i think that really you're only choosing like what order you do them in because you have to do all of them to actually like there's just a point where you have to raise a shitload of money to do a certain thing and it's not it's more of a like a an outside the systems thing than it is like you you can just find money in lockers and shit and contribute that money to the fund, but largely you have to just do these big jobs where a lot of the payout just goes into the fund to do this thing. Bank so sale? You're, you're, yeah, sure. There, there was, I feel like there was a bunch of stuff that I missed because I managed to pick a character build where almost none of the optional dialogue things were ever available to me. Like, I picked the one etiquette that mm. never oh. unlocked anything. Which huh. one was it? I don't remember. All I remember was every time an etiquette option came up, I couldn't do it. Okay. Um, Can you didn't realize your you character get... from the previous game, or do you have to start a whole new one? I saw a Steam Workshop thing that purported to let you import your character, huh. um, but I wasn't. I didn't really want to. I, I sort of always want. That's a weird thing, right? Like on the 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 uh, Heroes Quest games, and like even Mass Effect to a certain extent like 
Why, you don't want to carry over the decisions you made? Ah. No, because they're not relevant to my experience of the game, really. Huh. Because, I mean, they have impacts on how the story Uh, Yeah, but I just don't remember any of them. I mean, like... I didn't import my character between Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 3, and I don't know what would have been different if I had. Like, I know that there's, like... A decision you make in Mass Effect 1 that determines which of two people are alive throughout the entire rest of the story, but, like, I only ever saw one of them because I always just had the, like, default, which, in my mind, is the canon that they decided... Like, if they decide that something is the default, it's uh, because that's, that's a, the one that's going to be the most interesting. That is... Is it the most interesting, or is it the one that most people it's chose? It's the one that they chose to show people. Well, but is that based on... Like, do they get feedback? Do they get <coughs> metrics on who chose what? And then they're like, okay, well, 70% chose this, so that's what we'll default. We'll Either do. one, it's the one that they decided that if a new person comes in with no foreknowledge, this is the thing that we want to show them, because huh. this is the thing that we think is better. Well, not necessarily better. It could just be the one that makes... Like, that is more interesting if you don't have any context. Okay. All right, fair enough. Um, but I, I didn't mess with importing a character. I, like, I don't think there is any first-party way of importing a character. Hmm. The, the, uh, the other thing that, that actually made me sort of interested in the, in the fantasy elements was this thing that they were able to approach. There is, there is a subplot involving... There is, like, a sort of, like, a meta-human rights activism organization in the kind of city that you're in. And then there is a mission later where you invade... What's basically like a white supremacist camp, except it's human supremacists. And you... Hmm. One of the guys in your party is, like, this this shaman who, like, used to be in a punk rock band. There was a funny piece of dialogue where it's like, oh, wow, so you can sing? And he was like, I was in a punk band. Fuck no, I can't sing. (laughs) Like, that was a pretty good good response. It's just like this kind of... This, like, just shaved head old German dude with tattoos all over his face who's a shaman the whole time. It's a good guy. Um, The character's... The characters in this were actually all right. Like I was interested enough in their backstories and the sort of. I don't know that there is actually any systemic relationship development with them. Like I think that just more dialogue options unlock the more missions you've gone on with them, and you get fed more and more of their backstory. But anyway, like you encounter like that guy's nephew who joined the white supremacists but it was just because he was like you know his dad beat him and like eh, maybe don't kill him maybe try to like get him to turn his life around which was an interesting you know yeah, it's just whatever like it's it's like a movie <laughs> plot line right you find this you can like leaf through some of their propaganda in the in the human supremacist camp and it's like Oh, the elves, man, they just, they get behind the scenes, and they take control of the organizations, and they never die, and they never retire, and they never give anybody else a chance to, to earn. And then, and then the orcs, man, they'll just, they, they just, they beat us up, they take our women from us, and the trolls, they work for so little money that honest oh. humans can't get, I'm like, man, you might want to examine why you're so good at writing this racist propaganda like you're gonna end up with like a mother night situation where it's like I, i'm not doing it i'm not justice. doing it justice here but i was like wow that is that was gross that thing i just read was really gross like did you, i mean did you feel revulsion when you watched star wars the first you know first three episodes or whatever ah uh, no i mean like caricatures like that don't 
don't bother me. I know they're probably supposed to. And, you know, I mean, probably would What's if it, weird if is it that they're just taking, they're like, they're just taking the, like, sort of traits that the, <clears throat> yeah. the, the sort of metaphysics provides the, the individual races and then seeing what, how, like, extrapolating out from that. And yeah, like, that, if you were to say, if you were to, if you were to say, Imagine a guy who was racist against these races, like. Yeah. But it was like, yeah, it was a little bit too, too, a little to... bit too on the nose. Yeah, I mean, it like, I don't. It, it's sort of like the question of whether like, the characterization of orcs and trolls in World of Warcraft is like, or pandas. Yeah, sure. I mean, so like, I don't in in George Lucas's case. I mean, I think that that like the Trade Federation guys were. And and I mean short round to some extent, right? It's the same kind of like it is the sort of lazy shorthand character development that is the hallmark of the like adventure just movie. imperialist adventure genre. <laughs> right? And so oh, yeah. thinking of it as imperialist is actually super interesting, right? Because that that brings into the It to, does. To I mean reflection it, well, all of the like the various cultures that have been subjugated by the British Empire. Right, and it's like now they are just different kinds of supporting characters in our stories wow. about the. Huh. But, I mean, and sure, that's that's problematic if you want to look at it that way. Yeah. Like if you're just if you are just examining it as as a work, then it's just like these are these tropes are just a shorthand for establishing what role this character serves in the story. Hmm. Right, like there's yeah you know there's the deferential, whatever. Right. When I was thinking the other day about... Everybody's talking shit about the characters of Short Round and... What is her name? Charlie? What's the girl's... What's the woman's name? Willie. Yeah. Willie. Is this Shadow in, No. In, uh, in uh, the Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Uh-huh. Right? And this is, this is what occurred to me. So, like, everybody says Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom is, like, the weakest movie. And it's terrible because of those two characters. But then I got to thinking. All right. So, if the little helpful guy was actually mute or just didn't speak English. Mm -hmm. And the tall, prissy girl was a guy, and instead of being a movie star, was just sort of gay. Essentially, what you end up with is R2-D2 and (laughs) C-3PO, who fill the exact same roles in Star Wars (laughs) as Willie and Short Round fill in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, but for whatever reason, are not the thing that people point to when they want to say this is the stupidest and weakest thing that George Lucas ever did. Yeah, C three P is just like, yeah, like I feel like I feel like if you were to, yeah, yeah, he's Faye. If you were to, if you were to like just pick, all right, what like what just super low granularity archetype does does that guy does that character fit into? Interesting. And I was like, wait a minute. That was an argument that I just had with no one in my head. <laughs> I should remember to say that on a podcast. Because I personally think that Temple of Doom is fucking fine. Like, it was by far my favorite of those three movies when I was a kid. Wow, and really? to Like, when, when The Crystal last Skull last crusade came was, out... Was mine. Yeah, was, Last Crusade was, was mine. It was good, but it didn't have the same... Like, The Last Crusade wasn't as, like, video game as... Temple of Doom. Okay. I think I literally played the I would Last say Crusade it's a video game. Kind of video game. Because really Last Crusade it. is a video game, is like a missed video game, and Temple of Doom is like an action video game. 
I mean, it only has one magic a... item. It doesn't have okay. It doesn't have a minecart level, so that's one thing that makes it less like a video game. But it has the like challenges, the yeah, the, the sure. puzzles, yeah, the riddles and the. I, the listen, I'm not saying that the Last Crusade the isn't. And... I'm not saying that the Last Crusade isn't good. What I am saying is that Temple of Doom isn't bad, and it was weird okay. to me okay. when Crystal Skull came out. Everybody's coming out of the woodwork like, "Oh, yeah, Temple of Doom fucking sucked." That was bullshit, and I knew it even when I was a kid. I was like, no, you didn't. You ate that shit up, just like every other kid, when that fucking movie came out. Because that movie is fucking fine. It, like, trying to compare it to other movies that I remember being super into, like Goonies, Hmm. is weird, right? Because Goonies was super exciting to me because it was kids going on an adventure, and this being, like, adults going on some sort of weird foreign land adventure wasn't as... Like, the brain, the monkey brain scene, like, spoke to me, and I remember that for yeah. sure. And I remember, like, sticking your hand in the, like, bug Yeah, exactly. Bug thing like, that, that, the thing, like, the, like, oh, here's a secret passage <laughs> that you open by touching boobs. Like, it's... <laughs> See, I don't remember so, that. Like, <laughs> what? Funny. That's totally a thing that happens in the Temple of Doom. There's the statue yep. now that you, that you have that, to push... Do you you push both of the? No, I don't think that the boobs were important. That's just what. That's, that's just, just where he grabbed it. I see. Because lol. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> man, I had. I don't know how much I actually like the video game of this Shadowrun thing. Like the, the tactical combat. Yeah, stuff? like the mm. so so. Because I was worried that it was going to exhibit the same sort of problems that the first campaign had, I was like, all right, I know that this game is not going to present itself to me in a way that I can approach it with anything other than just, like, shoot dudes with gun guy as my guy. So I just made that guy. And I was like, well, I can, since I'm not doing magic, I can just get all the implants that I want, because, like, cyber implants are a cool thing about this particular kind of genre that, fiction. That might as like, well be magic, right? Like, <clears throat> yeah. In a lot of ways. No, I mean, they're just too, it's like, it's like, arca- that's the thing we have to do as an assignment someday when we have a bunch of time is Arcanum. Hmm. What's um, Arcanum? Uh, it's like this steampunk game. Is uh, it like a video Fallout. game, or is it like Yeah, a, yeah. Okay. No, it's, <clears throat> it's, uh, I think... Black Isle or Obsidian or what? Like whoever, like it came out of the same, the same d- d- bleh, stock as the Fallout games. It's in that engine, I think. But it's like steampunk sort of magic versus technology thing. Anyway, <clears throat> just like shooting, dude. Whatever. I got one gun upgrade that was then the gun that I used for the entire rest of the game. I got one armor upgrade that was then the armor that I used for the entire rest of the game, and I just don't. I wish that there was more of that because that's the kind of stuff that I like about an RPG is like gear and oh, interesting. a lot of the cool entire upgrades. Game. Yes, the entire game. Wow. Because there are only like, like you specialize in a kind of gun, right? You have to, like I didn't even max it out. All I did was try to get better at pistols the entire time I played. Did not earn enough experience the entire game to max out pistols, hmm. right? And you're not carrying characters over from from campaign to campaign. That's no. amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, you're supposed to specialize. Like, you're supposed to pick a thing and do it. But there are only, like, eight pistols in the game, some of which are just, like, copies of other pistols that you have to have a data jack in order to use mm-hmm. because they've got, like, increased targeting. That's, the I feel like that's fairly thing. accurate to the original RPG because you didn't do a lot of weapon upgrades in that. There wasn't, like, a pistol 
plus one that you would find yeah. in a locker somewhere. You, yeah, you, no, you, I, you I mean, pick it was what kind of pistol you like, and you buy. Right, one. it was. I mean, it was like this is like the kind of stuff they would sell at a gun store, and mostly yeah. it's just variations on the same weapon, right? But I mean, I, I think that's part of why I don't necessarily get super excited about mm. like we, we've got magic. Like, we've established that there is magic. Why isn't there a gun plus one? Why isn't there a gun that freezes dudes when you shoot them? Because the bullets are fucking magic. If we've established that there's magic, like, okay, why is the magic only, like, these weird... What, like, well, I mean, has it been established it... that you can enchant things? Like, is that are there enchanted things in the? There are like scrolls you read that teach you spells. That's a thing. That's, that's, that's enchanted, not enchanted. Right? That's just sure like, it is. That's just teaching someone how to do a spell. <clears throat> there are remember. rocks like that summon elementals. Mm. So, are there? Is, is it? But are, is the magic mostly shaman, shamanic? There's shamans and mages. There is. There are. Yeah. Mages. There's like there's like the animistic and then the arcane style. Yeah, I don't remember much about the arcanes. I didn't have any mages. I just did. I just did the the. I basically used the starting party, the one that you get for free, uh, the whole time, and I they're they're pretty useless compared to <laughs> you. Although, like, th- this is a thing that I want to actually talk to you guys about. In a turn-based RPG, yeah. do you think that there is any value in attacks having a chance to just miss? Because what I, what would happen to me a lot in this game is that I would just unload with every other person in my party trying to do any damage to one guy, waiting for it to get back around to my main character's turn so that I could kill two or three guys... And they might as well not have been there. Like, eventually they got to the point where they were leveled up enough that they could occasionally take out a henchman guy on their own. But, like, largely what would happen is eight or nine or ten or twenty times in a row, the, like, 50% die roll of whether I'm going to hit this guy or not would just roll no, Hmm. and they might as well have done nothing at all. And I just found that super dissatisfying. It's like, well, why did you make me go through that? I would, I would not, I would not prefer it if the enemies could never miss because that's, I mean, that's a relief when the bad guy misses you, and I feel like it wouldn't make any sense if the enemy could miss but you couldn't. Well, but it would because there's four of you and a hundred of them, hmm. right? I mean, so I missing is just one element that adds texture to deciding on what you're going to do. Because there's a, there's like a, I mean, this is mostly based on my experience with Etrian Odyssey and not my experience with turn-based games in general. Because most of the time I find turn-based combat um, to be, well, like, in, in the, like, in the sense of I have a party and there's a bunch of enemies and we're just kind of throwing attacks back and forth. Um, I usually find those very dissatisfying, but Etrian Odyssey is good. And in that, why is it good and not dissatisfying? Um, part of it is because there is a lot of um, risk and resource management because as you're traveling through the dungeon, you're kind of just trying back to get back to where you were before so you can explore more. And meanwhile, your whole party is having their health and mana drained. But it's not like let's say Final Fantasy, where you're just in a town trying to make it to the next town. Instead, you're exploring this dungeon, which is 
an interesting experience. And you, there's a lot of different places to explore. Um, and it's also just because the, the choices you make in battle matter a lot because the combat is difficult, but you, and you have, you have like, you have the abilities to deal with all this stuff. There's a lot of items you can buy that are very useful. You can give people very powerful abilities. It's just how much you want to spend in this battle. Like it's, it's maybe it's, you know, I'm sure I can win if I use my mage, whatever, and or I use my dancer and I do the dance that gives my row more attack power. But that uses some of your mana, and so instead of doing that, you take the the slightly more risky route that doesn't use any mana, and you just you just use all your attacks and you just focus on say the enemy that has the ability to put your entire party to sleep if the dice are rolled badly. But I guess I just feel like the fact that you can lose not because you made the wrong decision, but because you made a decision that had a 75% chance of being the right decision, and then a coin flip came up tails twice in a row, and now you lost. You made the right move, it didn't pay off, but what you got was nothing, right? Like, so uh, I would, so the, the thing that makes me feel like I'm right about this is that I would be okay with it doing one damage instead of me. I was going to say, if if it's okay with you that stuff does just trivial amounts of damage, that's equivalent, though, in a lot it, of ways. It, I mean, that's the thing. It is equivalent to, like, a guy who is approaching it from a, like, math standpoint, right? It's it's equivalent to a serious player. To me, it's... It feels different. It feels very different. I think it's also part of... Uh, part of the... Th- theme, right? I, it's it's much easier to imagine a glancing blow with a sword that only does one damage, but how do you do only one damage with a shotgun blast? Well, you... A, single, you a hit shotgun their blast okay, okay. bulletproof poor, poor vest or whatever and just knock pistol. Yeah. yeah. A sniper a, a rifle. A single slug, yeah. Yeah, Because yeah, I mean, you, you definitely either miss It happens or in the movies that. all the time. They just get scratched, you know? Yeah. Just a scratch, just a flesh wound. Yeah, or you, but like, no, nobody always nobody always hits with every bullet from their gun, though. Nobody always hits with every <laughs> bullet. <laughs> it makes it made sense, I think. Yeah, that was a grammatically yeah, correct yeah, sentence. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. I just found it extremely dissatisfying because it seemed what I mean. I think that maybe what is happening is that Shadowrun is presenting you with the percent chance that your attack will hit based on your abilities. But then there is a chance that the opponent will dodge that is, is actually subtracting from that, but not being displayed. Um. And so seeing seeing the like 80% chance of success oh. that just fails and fails and fails and fails and fails and fails and fails, and fails okay. is incredibly dissatisfying. Okay, so that 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 might be more of the issue. It's the it's the cognitive dissonance of Even a better total... output, like miss versus dodge. Yeah, like right. if a little yeah. dodged appears over the guy's head. Yeah. And and it's like occasionally throw me a guy that can't dodge, so I will feel good about myself. And, like and so that put that guy in put an extra guy into the them. encounter, right? Like Yeah. Like that <laughs> like that that would actually make it more strategic too, because if you're like, okay, well clearly these guys should focus on the dude that can't dodge and I mean, it my, was like my heavy hitter take out the rest. I think a lot of the reason that my main that my guy was so much more effective in combat is because he was maxing out some thing that it was doing behind the scenes. Because I almost always had a ninety percent chance of hitting them, unless or ninety nine percent chance, which is just where it caps out. 
still miss every once in a while, but I think that was because they dodged mm-hmm. or something. You know, or like have them go into like nimble mode or something. <laughs> like have have my ability to miss them be a power that they have as opposed to like a failure hmm. of me to do so. I mean, it might have been them spending character points, right? Like or whatever the whatever the shadow run system it's was karma karma yeah yeah i don't think they give the flunkies but the, working like, for this orc the the gm in a in a shadowrun game could could make things happen you know like there yeah. could be fudging and granted well, that, I mean, that's there would weird be... to talk about in the point of view of a sure computer but game, see but... and this is the thing i feel like a computer rpg has the responsibility to do the same kind of fudging to make the game fun that a human DM has. It's kind of easier to do as a computer because you don't have to, like, come up with a story to justify it. You just have to, like, stop runs of bad luck from happening. And there are games that do stuff like that, like that um, instead of actually dealing with the percent, it does a weird formula. So if you have an 80% or if you have a 50% chance of something happening... The first time is actually maybe even less than 50% chance, but then if that doesn't work, then the second yeah. time it's more... Yeah. I mean, the... Massaged randomness. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And, I mean, like, the Civilization games will do that and stuff. Yeah. And, and, like, the new uh, the new XCOM game does some of that. Mm. But it also seeds the RNG at the beginning really of like the level. I really like the new XCOM game. So that you can't, like, reload and try mm. this shot oh, okay. again. Which is just... I, like... But couldn't you do... You could try a different action and then come back and try the shot again and it would be a slightly different... Maybe? I don't I just know. played Iron Man. Yeah, I didn't know. I did not know that you could save in the middle of levels on that game. So I was playing Iron Man just... I was actually playing Iron Man and I shot a rocket that it said would hit somewhere and instead it hit the truck in front of me and I quit the game instantly and I loaded it up again and it was before I shot the rocket. I was like, whoo! <laughs> <laughs> So you're cheating instead of playing yeah, Iron Man, basically. But they cheated me too. Okay. <laughs> I had, I had a cool thing happen. Uh, the very last fight in the game, I'm just going to say to avoid spoilers that there is a bomb that is going to go off, and you have a certain amount of rounds of combat to reach this terminal and and stop the bomb from going off. Wait, the last battle in XCOM? No, no, in uh, in the Shadow. Oh, okay, okay. Um. I realized, like, it took me every bit of time to actually win the fight because I had forgotten about the timer and so I was playing more conservatively. And I had my guy with the most movement because it was my main guy who had, like, cyber legs that I I had installed. Uh They're pretty cool. Um, He also had cyber lip, that old Neo Geo game. Um, (laughs) Made him, it was kissing, plus one. (laughs) Cool. Pretty good. I was like, that comes in handy. I can't. I need. I can almost make it to the thing. I'm gonna have to reload from a previous save because I can't quite get to this fucking thing. But then I realized my shaman still had action points, and so like, even though he had cast it recently enough that it was costing him hit points to do it, I was able to cast haste on the oh, main guy nice. to give him just enough nice. time to make it to the thing. And stop like at great personal sacrifice to the shaman, who was my buddy from the punk band, who <laughs> right. I liked, and had taken on every mission, and we rescued his nephew together from the white supremacist. Doesn't out. cost permanent hit points; it just hurts. No, 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 it just hurts. Okay. Yeah, but right. he had it. It won't let you do it if it's going to kill you. But I just happened to have healed him the last <laughs> time yes. around, and so I was like, "Oh God, that was so good! That was such a good 
player story that happened yeah, right. just then. Like, and there were a few times while I was playing where I was just super pissed at how stressful it was to be. There was one mission where it was really all about having your guy in cyberspace and having to like sort of protect his body while he's hooked in and like getting to places and unlock doors and super time pressure like getting through this thing and it was really stressful and I was pissed off the entire time because every time a shot missed I was like god fucking damn it video game but then I finished it and I was like whew (laughs) that was really tense we just barely made it I'm pretty sure I just had an awesome experience (laughs) because this game just barely skirted what was possible that's cool in the amount of time with the amount of resources that I had and it was like a lot like doing a crazy heist where it was really important that one guy be real good at computers and one guy be good at shooting right anyway that's that's, that's how heists work yeah Yeah, one guy has to be able to fit into an urn. Yeah. That's the the most important thing about heists, is that you have one guy who is either small enough or flexible enough to fit in an urn. Uh, I also... Yeah? Or both. Okay, he's small enough and flexible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just... You can choose. They can can fit into two urns. Um, We were talking about with making the right choice. I just, like... Are you okay with a game uh, sometimes screen you over even though you made the rightest choice for the situation it i guess it depends on whether so like blackjack strategy there are things that you do that are the right thing to do even though they're not going to work out most of the time yeah right like you have to hit a 15 because it's like 51 percent. you just have to no no it's like you have to hit a 15 like because a 15 is going to it depends on what the dealer's showing right right. like if the dealer's not showing a six or whatever you have to hit a 15 because even though 90 percent of the time you're gonna bust if you do that 99 percent of the time a 15 is gonna lose so it is the right thing to do even though it is almost never going to work Okay. And I'm okay with that kind of thing being built into a system. Okay. Right? But what I what I don't like is I mean effectively what I don't like is a game telling me you have an 80% chance of this thing succeeding and then it failing 10 times in a row. Yeah. Right? Um, and I so get that that can happen. That frustrates me in a lot of games too and the solution I think that I've thought of about it but it requires some stuff I'd really like to see a turn-based tactics game where the characters don't present themselves quite so numerically and instead they kind of have a bit of personality and so instead of it just saying oh you have an 80% like chance they're expressing confidence yeah and, and like maybe you, they'd you even have a confidence stat them or and not. so you have a character who's super confident and you you know you you say I want you All to right. attack that guy and he says I can totally do that <laughs> and eventually you realize no matter what he says that even if he has no idea what he's doing he's like he says I'm going to hit it and then maybe there's someone else who's who even when they yeah. they're actually going like to hit it with the best shot in the world but yeah. he's like un, unsure like, of himself like, yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, and that would get rid of the numbers and like just just play with it a bit I and feel like that get, would be fun you get things like pep talks and booze <laughs> right and booze. Right. It, that it actually, increases that your confidence, from... but reduces your actual accuracy. <laughs> yes. So it's like, yeah. Like playing XCOM made me think of that, because I always thought it was super frustrating how every recruit was just... Super useless. They had the same aim, and it was just... It was so obviously a roll of the dice. 
But if they actually, if they even had like a hint of personality, and they said, "I think I can do this, maybe," and then they missed, it it wouldn't be ah, you stupid die, you rolled the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. At worst, it'd be ah, you stupid new recruit, you don't know what you're doing. Man, that sounds. This is this is an awesome game concept. You should edit this out so that we can make it without anyone stealing it. I I am so less. That's not how anything works. Yeah, I'm so less concerned with people stealing stuff. I would just be happy if someone did it. I I would like to do it, but also I would just be happy if someone did it. I think that would be yeah, a cool thing cool. to include in a lot of stuff where the numbers aren't super in your face. Yeah, yeah. Throw in some sanity systems. And... Yeah. <laughs> I also played this early access game uh, called Windborne. Wind, B-O-R-N-E. Uh, it's, like, essentially a Minecraft clone, but with more different shaped cubes <laughs> oh good <laughs> they're not really cubes they're, it's it's voxel based but the voxels have a lot of different states that they can be in many of which are not cubes so it's huh. smooth the world looks smooth oh, it's it like yeah it's oh, it's like okay. it's like a lot of those things but you can dig stuff out a square at a time and there's just okay. like really detailed crafting thing and uh, is uh, is the crafting good though it's interesting i mean is it just it's it's what you think of. I mean, uh, it's even build a be- better shovel to build a better. No, you don't have any tools. Everything that you're doing is like with magic. Oh. So okay. there's not. It's a lot of structure stuff. It's a lot of there's a lot of decorative stuff. There's just like sort of a lot of refining of materials into different grade, different quality grades of materials. And do you have to make those. difficult choices surrounding crafting and or collection of resources? No. All right, then it's bad. So, would you call crafting a suit of diamond armor an interesting choice or a difficult choice in Minecraft? Borderline interesting? Okay. I mean, diamonds are are rare enough that, like... You have to choose what you're going to make out of them. Yeah, you spent, like, an hour getting five of these, so what you make out of them is meaningful. Mm. I mean, this this game is also super early. Yeah. Super early, so... It's right now the only systems that are in place are the ones that, right, that interact matter. with really common okay. stuff. Right. I mean, it's essentially like it's a, it's a big tutorial for the crafting system. Right. Um, and there's not really any there's not really any fighting or anything yet. Um, but the world gen seems pretty neat. And okay, that's cool. yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was it was a. I mostly was like, ah, this looks kind of interesting, and if I play it for an hour, I will be able to mention it on the podcast tonight. <laughs> What's it called again? Windborn. B- what about you, Kevin? J O R N. Yeah, B J O R N. It's like a person, except with some weird spots on her face. Right. Um, so the the only game that I played this past week uh, is The Room Two. Oh yeah, you yeah. hadn't played that yet. Hmm. Yeah, I hadn't. I had not played it before. Uh, played it on my phone. Um, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, I felt like it was oddly linear, right? Like, mm. so you would be dumped into a situation, and you would have a limited number of actions that you could take to collect objects or whatever, and I would sort of just do all of those, and then it was, in almost every case, there was then, from that point forward, just a single linear set of steps to unlock the door to move into the next room, right? Like... More so than the room one, I think. I, my memory of it, yeah. Like I don't know if I went back and played it that I would, 
it would actually be different, but be, I think because it was more of like trying to get into this thing and I was constantly going around and trying different stuff on different sides, it didn't feel as disconnected hmm. as it did in The Room 2. That said, I really enjoyed all of the like puzzly bits. Like it was yeah. I, I turned off I turned off hints immediately and then just mm. just did it without any hints at all. See, I used the shit out of hints in the room two. Oh yeah? In a way that I didn't look at any hints I don't think in the room one. But not knowing which of the three things I was supposed to be fucking with to get to the next step was so much more off-putting to me than not knowing which of the three sides of one thing to look at and I can't explain why but it like they they stuck to except for in, inside the pirate ship maybe they stuck to just sort of a narrative conceit like a sort of like actual physical object kind of thing that it like it almost always seemed to just play out sort of how I expected it would play out or whatever right like as soon as I realized in the in that one area that there was like a little laser beam, I was like, okay, well, clearly this is gonna have to bounce around the room, and it's just a matter of like setting stuff up in a particular order. <laughs> it's or whatever. Would you consider that a good puzzle? I mean, do you think that good it's good it? if the way to like the way the easiest way to solve a puzzle is to say, oh, this is this laser is here because the designer of the game, not because of anything inside the game, but because someone designed this game and they wouldn't have put a laser here if not to deflect it into something. Well, see, arguably you are retracing the steps of somebody who has gone before you. So, like... And in in left, the narrative, you mean. Yeah, they've, like, yeah, yeah, they've, yeah. Left you, they've left you notes and stuff like that. So, like, theoretically... All of this stuff makes sense. Like, all of these mirrors are placed in this room because in order to actually do this thing, somebody had Someone to, much smarter than you actually, like, set up all this right. stuff, and you're just kind of... And you're just having to, like, figure out the very particular alignments of stuff because right. that's that's just how it worked yeah. or whatever. Um, so that that sort of made sense and, and that kind of thing. But, but, yeah, like, I think... And I, I think it would have probably made the game have less broad appeal, but if there were ways to screw up the situation, like mm-hmm. if you could like you know mess with stuff and like you point the laser at the wrong thing and it burns something out and then you just you're just fucked. Like that would definitely have been more interesting to me, because I like if there was some way to know that you had screwed screwed yourself, right? Yeah. But maybe it's like five steps down the road and you're like, oh shit, and that means I have to like go back. Yeah. And You've got there the all these... mirror aligned wrong and it goes directly into your eyes and it just <laughs> oh, no. goes black. <laughs> Forever. And you can still beat the game. It's just <laughs> really hard. Um, yeah, like that's the thing. Like, the, like the, the puzzles did not, they were not systematized at all. They were just like order of operations kind of stuff. And you know, I don't. I didn't like playing, you know, shoots and ladders when I was a kid because it didn't seem like there was any game yeah, there. And there kind of isn't. Right. Yeah. And so, if there was more, if there was more meaningful choice, if there was more meaningful exploration, what that game is all about, sort of noticing details mm-hmm. and following up on that in in very sort of comprehensive ways. Um, I liked that there were a couple of puzzles where you had to like dial in three things and it was usually pretty easy to find two of them and so then you could just like sort of rotate through the third option instead of having to find right. the third clue or whatever. That's um, kind of cool. 
But then I would often do that and then be like, okay, now I know what the third clue was. Where is that? <laughs> right? And then I'm like, oh, okay, it was here. Like, and that was, like, that was actually <laughs> fine, right? Because like, that, that allowed me to be just the slightest bit lazy and still make progress through the, through the game, which, you know, I, I like that. So um, the idea of permanent consequences, I guess... Mm-hmm. Um, if and you, the it, thing is, it wouldn't be permanent because it's a video game. Yeah, but yeah, but it's why bother then? Because nothing's permanent. It's a video game. You can just return to a save state. I guess just to have those interesting states. Yeah, because it would because it would create a more challenging situation, right? Like mm-hmm. if if there are with the lasers, there was only ever one thing you pointed it at, right? But if if there were three different things, and each of those had sort of a branch of different things that happened some of which just didn't lead anywhere. Like, that would involve sort of exploring a bunch of stuff and then, you know, having some more interesting interactions, but then be like, like, you'd eventually realize, okay, this is just fruitless. I need to go back and try something else. It'd be kind of interesting if, um, rather than being able to screw it up so you had to start over, it just screwed it up so that future puzzles were harder. Okay. Yeah, um, no, that's, that's, that's actually a good point. Yeah, like, some, some situation where you... Could make you could you could make things harder for yourself by making poor choices or something. Yeah, like if you started the game with a big bag of cookies, each of which contained a clue <laughs> to whatever puzzle you were working you on. You set them on and, fire. Yeah, and when you fuck up a puzzle, it like it's somebody comes in and eats one of your cookies. <laughs> <laughs> Just walks in to the room that you're trying to get out of, I presume. Right, hey, bud. See ya. Crunch. <laughs> oh, sorry, you fucked up. I get to eat one of these now. It's the rules. That'd be kind of great if um if the penalty was <laughs> then later on in the game I also you get say to you kiss wanna... your girlfriend. They wrote that on there too. I really love messing with physical puzzles, hmm. and I was thinking about how the room and the room two are super fascinating representations of physical puzzles that are really in almost every case, just sort of digital, like, similes of... Well, because they do all these impossible things, right? Well, like, so, so the impossible thing to the side, but there's, there's like, two or three states that they can tend to be in, right? And, like, messing with an actual, like, representation of a physical puzzle, like in Lost Toys, was, was both better and worse in a lot of ways, right? Because it let you mess around with something like a, like a physical object but then you also could just get into this like just even worse situation than it started in what is lost toys lost toys is a it's it's like a abstract yeah, rubik's cube yeah, game it's like an ios game where you take like a wooden toy make it into a rubik's cube and oh cool. and it's but it's but instead of it being Instead, you you don't even know what it, it, the final shape looks like oh, at you just, first. Okay, you're right. handed cool. You're they handed, handed a scrambled thing, and you don't know what it is. So part of it, part of the game is like figuring out what the object is, and then part of it is like figuring out how to unscramble it in, cool. in a in a finite number of moves, which mm-hmm. is sometimes really t- tricky. Um, and it, it like some middle ground between between those where you get more of a sense of agency and a more of a sense of like messing around with something um but that didn't potentially yield just like being like going down a crazy path you know if you mess up can you just undo your moves in lost toys yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. but 
you, you know, like it is so hard to know whether or not you're making progress unless you've internalized a bunch yeah. of rules. Rules that that that's that's the tricky bit. Anyway, I thought the game was was beautiful. I I would pay a couple bucks every couple of months to just oh, play yeah, more absolutely. of that. Like that I is think a so thing would that, everybody else. Like that yeah. game has been crazy fucking successful. Yeah. Wait, which one? The the room. room. Okay. Right. Yeah, like I, millions and millions of copies. I really I really preferred the first one, but just because I thematically prefer. Puzzle the, the indiv- yeah, the individual puzzle boxes to an entire puzzle room. But it's they were, weird they because were still it's still really a, great. It's a subtle twist, right? Like it's they're they're effectively the same thing. Yeah, but it's well. Yeah, I, don't know. I mean, the first one, the first one, I felt like had a thematic consistency. Like it was mm, like, oh, yeah. this is this thing that I'm doing. Whereas the second one was like, oh, this is a bunch of different video game levels. <laughs> like, I, I mean, it's like. It's like Hellraiser suddenly turned into mist. Okay. Sure. And I mean that's fine. It like uh, this this definitely played more of the escape, felt more like escape the room yeah, games than yeah. than the first one did. Well, cuz of you're escaping a sequence of rooms. Well, sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I also it kind of seemed like the 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 like monocle stuff in the first one was more like you were looking into something that you weren't supposed to be seeing. Whereas this one was like, oh, I left you a message behind mm-hmm. this monocle. Yeah. Right. That's over true. and over again. Yeah. Even though they serve the same function mechanically, like. It was more interesting feeling like you were sneaking around rather than. Yeah. And no, it was more like, it was like, oh, God, what's this scary thing? As yeah. opposed to like, yeah. oh, what's. I mean, you were still looking forward to it because you're like, oh, this scary thing is obviously what's going to progress me in the video game. I mean, if you step back far enough, you know this. There were creepy, there were creepy like, enough bits that I shuddered every now and then when playing this one. But it it did not quite have that sort of Lovecraftian feel that the first one managed um, to gather. Jumping around a little bit when you were talking about Shadowrun, and then also jumping back to when I was talking about uh, The Last of Us, the combat in The Last of Us. Um, felt a lot stronger within the realm of the story, I guess, within the realm of the characters. Um, and I'm bringing this up. Hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna tie this with the tenuous link that you're talking about the thematic elements of the room in the room two and how one kind of felt more creepy and the other one was just like just a bunch of different puzzle rooms. Um, but a major theme in the story of The Last of Us is how like the character that you play has basically emotionally cut himself off from everything and people come and the the girl who's with you she comments the first several times you kill people she's like jesus christ um and it's actually like dealt with as part of the story whereas in say mass effect it's just ah killing all the aliens and all the and Mm. no one really gives a shit you're just i'm just hitting my mic um you're just murdering everyone and it's it's just kind of not a big deal um so just the game part really tied well into the story, I think. And Shadowrun like, doesn't have much of that. I mean, yeah, you're just, and that's you're fine. Just, you're just killing a lot of dudes. Yeah, like, well, you're, and, you're a mercenary. Yeah. It's to straight up your job. So, well, yeah, yeah, but like, I mean, if you if you made a if you made anything that wasn't a game that was about a mercenary, yeah. you would at least deal with that facet of their personality. <laughs> yes, you kill people for money. That's what you do. Yeah, not just, and I mean, in this, like, you are largely just killing security guards. I mean, for, <laughs> yeah. there's a large 
there's a part of the game where you're killing racists and you can feel pretty good about that. <laughs> but then but then there's like to get the most out of it, to get the most money, there's like a guy in the cafe and you're like, I don't know if I trust this guy, but when I do the things that he says, he gives me a bunch of money and he's like, yeah, maybe you should let the leader of these racists go instead of killing them. <laughs> and then the guy, I wasn't sure whether I was going to do it or not, but then and the guy just sort of ran for the door in the towards the end of the fight and I was like, yeah, maybe I don't need to chase that guy. Like, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, and I wonder how that changes things. I don't know. You get this, like, you get this text at the end that explains how things turned out, but it was almost all to do with like the decisions that you make in the last like three moves of the game, right? And but is it is it actually choices you make during the fight? Uh no. I mean, it's okay. just like it's just a conversation. Yeah. Okay. Like it. It's just like basically gives you five options which are like which ending do you want <laughs> <laughs> I played I played Dragon Age Origins I think and there's this part in it where you go into someone's dream or something and there's a demon that's inside them and you're just trying to get through their mind to this demon to purge them of the demon and the demon says hey I'll make you a deal if you if you just tell them that you killed me I'll give you something Interesting. And it never comes back to bite you in the ass or anything. Um, and I don't think you even... You don't get that much out of it. But there's some choices and all they do is give you a cutscene that does that means nothing. Or you can kill the demon. And why do what you do? You leave and you just say, yeah, there's no demon. Do you say a cutscene that means nothing because you think that cutscenes always mean nothing? No, it's a cutscene that means nothing it's because it's, it. I want sex from you, demon. Okay. And then it's like a sexy cutscene. Huh. <laughs> It, it actually means nothing. And it's because it never ties into a later part of the story. As, as far as I'm aware, I think I looked it up because I was wondering what it would tie into. And just, they said, no, there's nothing. Huh. So do you think that was just them attempting to include some sex? I guess. It <laughs> seems like a Dragon age thing to do. <laughs> okay. And, you know, this is this is a... I could understand somebody thinking that Emily Short gets pretentious about stuff, but just a throwaway thing that she said in a talk that we saw once, which was that narrative narrative design in video games seems to focus almost exclusively on the ways in which your choices can affect the plot, which is the least interesting thing that you can do to a story, Yeah, is what she said, which I don't know that I agree with that. Like, because while, yes, I see what she's saying, I don't think that most people would say, oh, yeah, the least interesting thing about the story <laughs> is the stuff that happens in the story. But I do I do see where she's coming from. Like, thinking about, thinking about, like, The Walking Dead games, for instance, a lot of the things that happen to you don't materially affect the outcome of the story, but they affect your feelings about the characters you as a player you as a you as a player and and you as a character right totally like just if this demon scene had been in a game where it seemed like anything cared about the characters 
I would be it would be more in, it would be a more interesting choice like, like a moral person, dilemma if but that it was, person stuck around and acted weird even if they acted the same way that they would have if you had cleared the demon out you would mechanically, be mechanically you mean yeah yeah, yeah. Just, it just if everything was the same but that character was still around and they just had some they like let's say they just were preoccupied with sex right you would wonder if it was because you left the fuck demon inside their brain or not right <laughs> so it, it yeah. doesn't change anything about the way the game plays out, but you would it you, changes yeah. your experience, your of perception it. of you're like what like that character is now. Because maybe if you had purged yeah. the sex demon, you would think, "Wow, that maybe the demon was just hanging out there because it was the kind it was like a fertile ground for that kind of <laughs> demon." Like because this person's pretty fucked up even without the demon yeah. in them. And if you had left the demon in there, you'd think, "Oh fuck, man, that like." I mean, I guess he's having a good time, but, <laughs> like... Yeah. And, to me, that counts... Yeah, absolutely. ...as a choice that that affects your... But only, only if you are able to experience it as the text that's written, right? And not, like, oh, I can't wait to look up what impact my choices had on my to-hit bonuses with swords. Yeah. Right? In the wiki. So... And it it's a... You do sort of have to cultivate that, and it's kind of sad that you do, but the default, I think, for a lot of games and a lot of people who play games is how will these choices affect me, my character, and, like, the branches right. that I'm going to take, and not just the subtler things, the pieces of narrative. But... Um, and I think that there are a lot of games that are coming out that are dealing with narrative in a much more, like, I guess, subtly interesting way that it's not so much that any... Like, so that spoilers would actually be spoilers rather than useful wiki tools, I guess. Yeah. What about you, Riff? What have you been playing? Uh, I played through... Um, I played through Diablo 3. I did, like, a full run oh. in the hard difficulty. Huh. Which sounds sounds cool, but that's difficulty two. So, <laughs> okay. But uh, it's the the new loot system is really nice. They they uh, they fixed pretty much every problem I had with the loot system previously. What problems did you have with the loot system? The there was a lot of useless white and gray loot before, mm. and now there is almost none. And wait, so is everything magic? Yeah, almost everything. You you almost still get you still magic, get a f- yeah. you still get a few white drops, but they're, they're u- effectively just crafting ingredients, yes, right? Exactly. Like because they're there is there craft. is a crafting ingredient okay. that you can only get by salvaging normal items, mm-hmm. so you need some <laughs> yeah. of them. So it's almost like normal is just a different kind of special, <laughs> which maybe that's a good lesson that we can learn just for, de- for dealing with people, you know? Right. But yeah, almost I would say Snowflakes. like ninety or ninety-five percent of drops were things that I was able to equip if I wanted to, and in like every load of junk that I, every time my inventory was full and I went back to town, like most times there was at least one thing in that in that pile that was a useful upgrade to me. Cool. And uh, they That's good, they think. they drop a ton of like the uh, whatever the orange ones are. Yeah, called, did you did you get anything that had any interesting yeah, I got, or unique abilities on it? I got an amulet that every time I stun a guy, it summons two shadow clones of myself to, <laughs> to fight for me for half a minute. And wow! Yeah, I like got that. I was like, oh, 
well, what skills do I have that stun a dude? And it turned out that there was a, a rune that I could put on my, like, uh, on my short-range teleport that if I ended the teleport move next to a guy, it had a 100% chance of stunning. So I was like, all right, I am now a teleporting monk <laughs> with two friends. Nice. That's like that. I think that that sounds great because yeah, you've got more that. crazy items means more interesting choices and yeah. more weird stuff to react to. It was yeah, really nice. Yeah, the one thing that like I don't know that I believe that the the like tailored to your character general loot is really a good thing in the fullness of time because I f- I feel like everybody's really excited about it now because oh wow now instead of very rarely getting an upgrade to my character's ability, I am being handed them like like teeth. Well, okay, <laughs> but that's Wait, not so a thing are they that tailored the or do time? you just get more <laughs> no, magic? They are tailored. They are tailored. Okay. Like, they, but they're, they before, are... what you would do is you would just grind for a while, get a bunch of gold, and then go to the auction yeah, house and is... pick, pick an upgrade. Yeah, like, that's yeah. This is so much but more. You can't pick from every upgrade, can you? Like you, you, there's no way you'd be able to buy the if you stun someone you get clones well, of yourself. No, well, no, because that new. didn't exist. I mean that yeah. that is the thing that I really like about the new stuff is all of the sort of authored content that they put in. I think that they've bought a lot of goodwill by just dramatically increasing the, the pace, drop rate. the pace at which your character gets more powerful. Yeah. Well, the, which is oh, that's that only works for so long. The constant like, upgrades, though, are generally just numerical stuff and the interesting mm. upgrades yeah. are the rare ones yeah and the so and the numerical stuff is is weird because like the enemies all scale to you so right that uh, and that's the thing because those constant numerical upgrades are more or less meaningless well but yeah. don't they just scale to you but your gear doesn't count in that equation or something i don't know no, exactly I, don't know. I mean like i feel like the monsters scale to your net ability i thought they scaled to your level and then gear upgrades took you beyond that so you, you but then if you ever found if you, if you ever got really good gear you'd just be king of the well but there's things. multiple difficulty tiers of the entire game yeah and so you're getting new items so i guess so yeah i mean i just to me the the mostly what i think people i don't this is this is unfair to say Mostly what I see people talking about is that, oh, I'm getting stuff that I can wear all the time. And I right. think, uh, okay. Well, so, like, but that was they could have done dissatisfying that. in the original release because nothing that ever dropped was ever an upgrade for almost anybody, right? Like, yeah. I mean, all I the upgrades. I didn't find that to be true. Like, I didn't go the to the first auction time house you played through. at all the first time I played through, which was my experience of playing Diablo 3. I mean, but then you didn't, like, you, could, you didn't ever try to beat it on anything above normal. I mean, I played like halfway through it on the on the difficulty above normal, and, and then I by start, that point you were definitely going. To the and then house. I started going to the auction house, and I was like, "Well, I don't like this," so I left. But I don't, I, like, I don't think that not having that makes this somehow. Just Is the auction house buying items from other players. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So items would drop that would be powerful. They were super rare, and they would often not be useful to you. Like they would be powerful for someone else at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, so now they are actually tailored. Like it's yeah. All, mm, yeah. It, gener- okay. it generates loot based on what it thinks you would want. Yeah. Which Generally, is fine. There, there's a it's small just, chance of you getting something that's not like I have. I've. I got like. A sword that I technically could have used, but the the special power on it was for a barbarian, 
Yeah. But, I mean, that's... if I think they are also expecting people to play more than one character, and those items are account-bound, not character-bound. So they okay, go into so your chest, and if I ever make a barbarian, I've got a sweet sword for him. And they're all account-bound, so you can't ever trade them to another player? Well, right. you can trade yeah. them to another player if you're if they drop while you're in a game with another player. You can trade yes. between those two yeah. for like the first couple hours so that they So they're, they're removing the possibility of a player economy for these items? Yeah, which I would rather have a game where most of the drops that I get are not useful to me, but they could be useful to someone else that I could give them to, theoretically, than one where it was basically just designing drugs for me to take the entire time I'm playing. Like, and... Why why is that distinction important? Because I'm aware of it. Like, be, I think it wouldn't have been. I think if I were 16 and playing this right now for the first time and I hadn't been thinking a lot about how not to exploit people's emotions in designing video games for the last 15 years of my life... I would think, oh yeah, this is fucking great. Th- this rules. Also, I'm going to play some Candy Crush on the bus. Well, because because I because Candy Crush creates dopamine in my brain, okay. I like it. Technically, but that's the only thing I like. The only <laughs> the only difference that you're proposing is that the dopamine rush doesn't happen from the game, it happens from interacting with other players. Yeah, because I think that is more interesting as a system. Like, would you want there to be a an interface where people could buy and sell things that didn't involve having to go into a game and dropping stuff on the ground and stuff? I did. I liked the auction house. I liked the auction house in theory. I think that... I don't know... I don't know what I think the problem was. The auction house had too many things. I think that if you could sell... Everybody complained that you could only sell... 20 things at once or whatever, I think it would have been better if you could only sell one thing at once. Or you could sell three things at once because then all of the stuff that was in the auction house would have been stuff that was potentially interesting. Yeah. Right? And so if you got if you got something that maybe wasn't useful for you, but like, you know, maybe somebody would want this. Do I want to use some of my limited resources to try to get some gold from this? But the way that it stood, like Everyone put everything on the auction house. So the auction house basically just became a really chaotic wiki of every possible item drop (laughs) in the game. So you could always get exactly what you wanted. Like, that's not an interesting economy. If if there is an economy where you can always get whatever you want at the price that it would be at if there were an infinite number of them. Yeah, because, like, the big thing about the... I think the most interesting... Thing about the random drops isn't that anything's possible. It's that you're going to be getting all these weird combinations, mm-hmm. and that very weird items are possible, and you can adapt them to your style or adapt your style to them. Yeah. But if if everything is just out on the market and everyone can just sell everything, and there are enough players yeah, that then everything of course is there, everybody gravitates to the optimal thing. Only the optimal thing has any value, and it's just it's boring. Right, because it's it's just like I think I think that even though Blizzard is like doctrinally opposed to like balancing the fun out of a system, I think they did balance the fun out of the system of items in Diablo three. Because when you stop the useless items from being generated, you also stop weird, cool items that are weird and cool for reasons that the designers don't anticipate from falling out of the. But system. I feel like Diablo's kind of not done that for a while because I've there's 
magic uh, how do they work anyway there's there's magic and then there's super magic stuff and then there's just designed legendary stuff yeah, right yeah. Blue, and so yellow, the design orange. the design legendary stuff doesn't have a random bit in it does it, it? Does, it just, yeah. does it does it have yeah, do they, do they generate they generate with stats in a range like they pick well what, it's that's numbers i'm talking about like actual new abilities it's possible that they do like it's possible okay. that they like there is a set of enchantments that would be of use to a barbarian and this is a legendary for a barbarian and so it picks one from that set right um, okay there there so there are legendary abilities on them which show up in orange like they yeah. show up in a different color on the thing which those are the actual like unique authored things like do they the, also just have blue stuff they do yeah okay they they just have like normal plus stats all right i guess that's all right yeah i really didn't like the i i think that diablo had this did it have Diablo that, 2 or... Diablo 3. Did it have stuff that increased your gold reach or something? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because that seems really stupid. Yeah, that, it's, it's, the le- it's basically it's the equivalent to movement speed. You might get. It but just it, saves you the hassle I, of having to go... That's, like, just, just give me all the gold reach and don't yeah, put sure. it on items. That's... Yeah, stupid. I mean, it's such a stupid waste of a slot. The, you know, the ones that I I have felt that way about the things that made healing orbs more mm. effective. Mm, like, yeah. do the same thing, but potions, because that way it's actually like interacting with something that I do. As Wait, what are healing? To, oh, yeah, I mean, just the, the things that drop. The in healing the orb bonuses also apply to potions, though, don't they? Oh, I don't know. I, don't know. I think they do. Anyway, what what did you think? You played all the way through it. Uh, what other I, did you get any other cool, cool, cool legendaries? Uh I mean I, I I have a bunch of legendaries. I think that was the only one of particular note that I got. Um I I enjoyed it. I didn't enjoy it enough to turn around and start playing through it again, but Hard I will three. I, I will definitely play play through the, the new content when that drops. Mm. <laughs> So I got a legendary item. It's like a it's like a two handed axe that is mo- the model that the butcher is wielding, like the weird axe that's made out of bones, and it's the butcher's cleaver. And the orange enchantment on it is the butcher's spirit still lives inside something, <laughs> and I have no idea what that means. <laughs> and I keep expecting something scary to happen. Yeah. But if all that enchantment is is just that ominous sentence, just then. The text. Based on what I said earlier, that item's enchantment is makes me kind of nervous about what it might do, <laughs> and that is a fucking great enchantment yeah, for an item awesome. to have. I'm gonna sneeze. Like, Aim away from the mic. Yeah, it's a pop filter, not a sneeze guard. I'm, I wasn't gonna sneeze into the mic. I'm just. It's not gonna happen now that I said it. Oh, Sorry. Right. Yeah, you could stare at a bright light. Yeah, that yeah usually works actually sneeze for reflex, me. Yeah. 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 I know it doesn't work for a lot of people, but for me. I think I think it is important uh, to bring up the most important thing from <laughs> the past would be week. To bring up the most No, this is important, guys. <laughs> Frog Fractions 2. Yes! Yeah. Have you seen yeah, how that yeah. turned out to be a whole crazy arg? I didn't see that. No, apparently there's something in a few days over in Berkeley. So okay, so really? there, there is in, the in the in the pitch DC. video. <laughs> in the pitch video, congratulations. Thank you. Nice uh, job. In the pitch video, there's a uh, a website that you can see in the background at one point, and that site uh. leads to another site, which leads to another site, and then one of the various links on that site. It led to a um, 
a Flash game that was a Barack Obama shaving simulator. Oh, I played that today. Yeah, did you? And if you if you get a good score on that, it gives you a fake tweet, which was the uh, which is the exact geographic locations and time for a fake ransom drop on the Berkeley campus, like next month. But there oh, was next month is good. Okay, yeah, I can and do that. There is there is also no, in oh, the. Um, in in the uh, the the what do you call it? the HTML code? You know, if you go and look at the code for the website, one of these sites has this huge block of random punctuation in it, and somebody figured out that if you clear out the extra punctuation, it becomes like a block of brainfuck code, and oh. that code translated into a YouTube URL. And that that YouTube video was was video of a Commodore 64 playing like random rainbow static on the TV, and the audio was the noise that a Commodore 64 uses to encode data onto a onto an audio tape. <laughs> so has anyone tried to actually run the, that? The, on the, the last 64? the last I I heard they had not been successful yet at translating it, wow. but they're working that's, on it. That's tricky. Uh, Damien, MC Frontalot, had a hidden track on his album a couple years ago that was Commodore 64 audio. And it was surprisingly hard. I spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to get that to run. Yeah, it it was surprisingly hard to actually get that into a a readable format as data. So, Yeah, Yeah, it's super crazy. I'm, I'm... It's it's a weird Kickstarter too because it's <laughs> yeah. the, the people that back it don't get the game right away because he's not going to be distributing the game under the name Frog Fractions Two. Yeah, because he needs it to be a surprise, so it's going to yeah, be something it, weird like European, like a Russian Ukrainian, yeah, a tractor. If you can guess the 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 tier rewards, like if you can guess the name of the game, you get alpha access. But to also, it. once the jig is up, you do just get yeah. the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. once once the, the the regular media discovers what game it is, everybody gets their copy. So but good. if you figure it out early, uh, you can email it. When I heard there's going to be a Kickstarter for Frog Fractions Two, I was like, you know, based on my experience with Candy Box Two, I maybe I don't care about Frog Fractions too, but then once I you Kevin you told me you were like have you seen this I'm like yeah I don't know and he's like have you read the thing I'm like I read it I'm like oh fuck yes yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah. yes I am backing this yes yeah like, yeah I'm pretty excited about it I I am I am hoping that that uh, blows its uh, blows through its goals and gets way into the stretch goals where <laughs> stretch goals yes the ones the the stretch goal that is sweet gravity gun, and then a later yeah. stretch goal is we take out the stretch the, gra- the gravity yeah. gun. Yeah, <laughs> yep, that's pretty exciting. I um I met him last GDC. He gave me his business card. He gave someone else's business card, and we both looked at it, and there was in the right light there was characters reflective, and we only printed. And each card only had part of the string. Oh, shit. And I went to talk to him. I, I was talking to him, and I was like, "Hey, you know, on your on your business card, there's kind of the thing." He's like, "I can't talk to you," and he just left. because <laughs> because he couldn't talk to me about his like weird ARG <laughs> that he printed on his business cards, which was awesome. Somebody uh, somebody told me about this great game they play at GDC, which is when somebody gives them a business card, 
they put it in their pocket, and the next time that they talk to somebody, they give them they give them that business card and pretend to be that person. That's huh. awesome. And then just that like and, and like try to get their business card, and then just spend the entire day just cycling through. <laughs> that's a, a whole list. That's of people. a that's a game called Delegitimize Industry, <laughs> one step at a time. Did you guys see the Samogo business card thing? Yeah, oh, that was that was pretty cool. Oh, so exciting. It's what? like what? so. Samogo they made like yeah. uh, device six yeah, most yeah, recently yeah. or whatever. So they um, th- instead of having just plain business cards, they have taken th- they have like decided to encode all of their like business information stuff that would be on a business card in these like puzzles. Oh. Usually consisting of two different business cards, one of which is like a key to another like cipher or whatever. That's awesome. And then they stick them in a little like brown envelope and stamp on their like top secret and then that's what they hand out to people. That's awesome. So if you actually want to contact them you have to like solve a puzzle. <laughs> so good. That's amazing. So good. It's a good way to stop people from contacting you. Yes. But or <laughs> it is a good way for for having only the good people contact you. Or to like make people interested in the puzzle and then once they figured it out I guess I'll contact them. <laughs> Riff, have you seen anything interesting in the news? Uh, my news item was the Fraud Fractions 2, so... Oh, well, gosh. Then we're all agreed. So it's time to talk about... This assignment! Yeah. Analog a hate mm-hmm. story? Yeah. Yep. So I, uh, I really liked everything in this game that had nothing to do with the plot. Huh. I... Uh, <laughs> all the stuff on the terminal? No, well, just the the terminal and the, like, okay, so if I said to you, here's this game where you log into a computer network and you can see all the log files and people's journal entries and emails, and you, you're shuffling through this stuff trying to figure out the story, and there's there's some AIs that you can kind of interact with, and you can show them messages that you've found, and they'll give you more information about that person or that, that, uh, that topic. But the AIs, there's multiple ones, and they don't... Uh, they're like they're different factions so they give you differing information and sometimes conflicting information and then there's like another layer to the computer network where you can do command line to like actually access functions that the computer network is supposed to be running and solve some puzzles that way and stuff if if that had like a cyberpunk story attached to it it would be awesome but this one had like like family politics in feudal Korea. Yeah, weird, weird Korean and, genealogy and puzzles. It, it was the most boring work of fiction I have ever read since Walden. It was horrible. <laughs> wait, I, Walden yeah. wasn't a work of fiction. Uh, okay, well, <laughs> okay, it was wait, the most okay, boring got, work of wait, fiction since Cyber Walden. Cyber well, Walden. I mean, yes. if you read Walden and you're like, wait a second, this list of like parts that you use to build your shed is not accurate. <laughs> then in that way, I guess it is fiction. Yeah. That okay. Brain. I, so brain fart I on thought, my part, but. I only got like a third of the like I I got to thirty four percent unlocked. Like I only played the game for a couple hours, and I, I intended to come back to it, but I just didn't. And I did I, you get to any of the endings? No. Okay. Um, I thought the the like stasis, the girl in stasis woken up after civilization had collapsed in this weird, th- like mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. What what was not cool about that is I felt like. 
what I wanted to know about this plot was how civilization collapsed. Like, which what, is the thing that they just what happened? Yeah, that, that made you. this ah. this society degenerate back to feudal Korea type. And the one AI straight up says, "I bet you'd like to know this, huh? Sorry, none of that information <laughs> exists anywhere here." So, yeah. well, fuck you. That's awesome. <laughs> but I mean, what? But I mean, don't you like? I don't know. It's I not, like the story. Yeah. I, I enjoyed reading through every single log. There were at, at points they were a bit of a slog, but I enjoyed the it, uh, as a whole. There I, were there were definitely some bits that I enjoyed more than others. Yeah. Like mm. I can't trying like, to keep all the characters straight yeah, was something like yeah. that. I, like that so, is one sorry. of the things that has prevented me from finishing War and Peace. Right. Here's time. the thing with a hundred. Like so, here there are two things that will make it so you can't follow a, a story. One is it has a thousand characters in it. Two, you cannot distinguish between the characters because, for instance, their names are all in a language that you're unfamiliar with. And so mm-hmm. you don't understand. You can't easily discern differences between two people's names. I think yeah. occasionally and this has I, both of those. Like, I flipped between logs just to remind myself of who this person even was, but those moments were few and far between. I mostly was fine. Yeah. I just was intimidated by the family trees when they yeah. were shown the to me. And I was them. like, ah, oh, Jesus I was Christ, more, what? I was fascinated by them because I, that's a chart that you refer to to figure out what they're dealing with and it also happens to be an actual thing, an actual family tree, something that you can relate to as a human. I thought they were pretty cool. So, I was given the Smith family tree by the the first Mute. AI. Oh. No, 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 by the first AI. And then Mute gives you the, f- like, says, oh, let, let me, like, improve that family tree or whatever. And as far as I could tell, it was exactly the same. Like, I, huh. I could not see any additional information huh. on the tree was itself. Was it drawn differently or anything? No, no, as far as I could tell, there was mm. nothing drawn differently. There was this. some additional uh. supplementary information. I got like one from the death. first one, and then Mute gave the Smith family tree, and it was different. Yeah. Well, but I got the Smith family tree from... The first AI from what's hmm. her name, Hyun I or whatever. Huh. Uh, so the Smith one was the second one that I got. Yeah. And it was the. Yeah. Well, no, I got both of them oh, from okay. the first AI. Oh. So. Are you was, sure? Yes. Yes, because Mute even said, "Oh, let me let me improve the let me like, I see I see that you got the the the, the family tree. Let me improve that. Oh. Or huh. whatever. You must have. You must have." gone through it in a route that caused you to get the second family tree early then because I did not I guess I didn't I I didn't get the second family tree until I was able to interact with mute and she straight up gave me the whole tree okay I I like I was super thorough before I ever oh, interacted huh. with mute okay so all. the version that she gave was probably more than there was there was a supplementary information on the following screens but the, as far as I could tell the tree itself didn't change hmm. um and this is such a stupid minor detail, but like at the very beginning, it tells you how many days it's been since someone interacted with the system, mm-hmm. right? And the very first thing I'm doing is like, oh, I wonder how many years it is. So I did some math and I was like, oh, it's 606 and like two thirds years, right? And then every point from that, when they mention how long it's been, they always, they are very specific and they say it's been 622 years. I'm like, <laughs> why, why is there this discrepancy in the math, right? Like, is this pointing to like years being a different length? Is this just like yeah? What does a year mean? If, space years. like if you lose civilization yeah. and you're on a fucking spaceship, what is a year? Yeah, who knows, right? 
So I, maybe that, they just rounded it to 360 days. Yeah, <laughs> but was it right. day? Yeah. So I don't. I don't know. Like, and that, so like, I I really wanted to like it, but I just couldn't get into the the sort of material that they chosen. So yeah. I went w- mm-hmm. when I found out that this game was not necessarily a sequel to, but came after a game called Digital: A Love Story. I was like, oh, I wonder if that's like. I wonder if Analog is sort of a sequel. And so I went back, and before I even played Analog, before I even loaded it, I, I went back and played Digital. And that was super, super interesting and compelling. Oh, and yeah? it's, sh- it's shorter, and it's more accessible, a little more puzzly, a little less plot-y, with kind of a neat... There's a neat twist to it. Oh, cool. And I highly recommend going back and playing Digital. Okay. Um, it's set in the 80s with BBS culture. I never got into... I tried Digital Love Story before Analog even came out. Yeah. But I never got past the initial, very, very, very initial anything. I, I really enjoyed it. You have For a while, you have to take notes. In fact, you, you pretty much need to have okay. take notes while you play okay. it, because there are some things that... Did anyone beat Analog? I didn't. I got to two different endings. Yeah, okay. I, I got the ending that you can get pretty much immediately by just downloading right. the data you need and, and leaving. Yeah, and that one... What, what happened was, short. I like... I, I saw that, okay, I like, you know, I saw that this was available. It, it gives you that warning. Are you sure you want to d- download this? Because you're not going to be able to talk to anybody. I was like, okay, I won't do that yet. Uh, mm. And I was like, I, I, I know that uh, Hyun A, like, killed everybody by turning off the, the life support systems. Let's go ahead and see if I can figure out why she did that, because that's the only part of the story that interests me right now. And I I had to basically start the game over because there's like when once once you know that the reactor the reactor is about to melt down you can't switch AI anymore. So, oh. So I had to I had to go back and, hmm. and start over because that's like Wait, what do you mean you, you have to talk to mute to, to mute to get that list of questions, but w- getting that list of questions is what triggers the reactor starting to melt down. So you've got like a short window of time. To switch back to to Hune yeah. before you can, uh, before you get locked in. Right, that's weird. Yeah, so so I, I went back and started talking to her, going through this, trying to find out and what happened. And she gives me like the diary entry that was of her like flipping her shit and making the decision to kill everybody. And I was like, okay, I knew this. Why did you do it? And I show the thing to her, and she she says, oh, you you want more explanation about this, huh? Okay, well. But first, let's talk about my relationship with the queen. I was like, no, no, forget it. And I just went and downloaded everything and quit. <laughs> so once you once you sort of stop the reactor from exploding, you can't switch back and forth between them anymore? No, That's there's no of... way to stop it, is there? Or yeah, no, yeah. there is. What am I talking about? Yeah. Wait, so did you figure out how to stop it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you figure out... Wait, so you figured out how to stop the reactor? Yeah. I feel like I was in the you middle... Totally switch. I was figuring I out could, how yeah. to stop the reactor when she suddenly interrupted me to tell me that what I was about to do was what I should do <laughs> to stop the reactor. Because it took a minute, right? And I was like, oh, wait a minute. Okay, I got it. And then the fucking buzzer went off, and it was like, she told me what I had just figured out. And I was like, god damn it. Now no one is going to believe that I actually figured this out on my own. Not even us. I know, right? I can see the doubt. I can see the doubt in your eyes. I played another game. I'm pr- I'm actually not sure at this point if Christine Love is the one who made it. 
but I'm pretty sure it is. What's it called? Um, I have no idea. Okay. But you play as a teacher, and you have a bunch of students. And, you, and you're, like, having these weird, inappropriate relationships with your students? Um, kind of, but you're... I Maybe, but you're also just kind of spying on their social media interactions. I think that is. I think that is, Christine. I thought... I was pretty sure it was, but not 100%. I played through that whole game, and I thought that was pretty good, too. Like, I feel like that's maybe a different direction. Um, so if digital is less story, I feel like that was more story. Okay. Um... But it was really good, and it was really neat. It was because you were the teacher, and um, so you dealt with them in real life, and so they had their conversations, but you also got to see all the messages they sent to each other behind th- each other's backs, okay. let alone yours. Neat. Um, and that was really cool. Huh. Yeah, I like the, like, the blend of technology. I mean, so digital was easier to sort of parse in the sense that it was all stuff that was based on real systems and and the idea of a weird future tech that still has a command line but then these ai's like it it didn't ring as true in Mm. a way like why would i still have to type 40 lines of well the way that i kind of read it was it was um the terminal was kind of when you're dealing with a computer without an operating system, basically, and the AIs themselves are but the operating system. By the system. point we have interstellar spaceships, would we still be typing in disable reactor? Doesn't it explain that some shit is broken in the beginning? I guess. Yeah, sure. I guess. But that was just that was just to, so that it, you. It explained why you couldn't just straight up ask questions, right? Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. but. It does. It did seem weird too that you could, for some reason, type into the terminal, but not to them. Right. It's like, what's? <laughs> I saw that you tried to do this thing. Well, well no, if you can see that was... I tried to do something. Why can't no, you? No, but re- she couldn't translate it. She was like, the thing that you just typed looks like gibberish to me. Well, in that in that one text box, but but like, they can see that you. But it was the AI's ability to. Detect understand which... English that was busted. I mean, yeah, it's so not, it's so not like narratively I... inconsistent. But, but they're speaking in English. No, it's just translating for you. Like, it's translating maybe on your end. That's fine. And, like, I guess they're not necessarily reading the commands that you're sending to the system. They're just reading, like, the state of the ship so they understand yeah, they when like, you try to do something but not actually what you're typing. They saw that packet of undecrypted... Undecrypted. They saw that packet of decrypted data pop in. So, like, oh, okay, you found block three or whatever. I liked how how you could really... Like you, there were entire swaths of stuff that you could just miss by like not, by pissing off the AI, and they just yeah. wouldn't show you show you entire <laughs> yeah. blocks of information and stuff. I really liked though that it was acknowledged that there was a reason you were dealing with them in such a like a binary fashion, limited way, yeah. Rather than you know most games where it says yeah here here are your three choices, even though you're supposed to be you, these are the three choices that you're allowed to make. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that cool. does ring. That does not ring true. That, when that's a fun. I I always like when a game gives you a text box and then like straight up ignores whatever you put in it. There there is a <laughs> oh like the South Park stick of truth game where no matter what you say your name is your name is douchebag. <laughs> there is a bit in um, Shadow Hearts Covenant where you you meet um, this one like old uh, alchemist dude and he says. Uh, you introduce yourself and he's like oh me my name is and it goes to a name entry screen which you've never seen before in this game none none of the other characters let you name them 
So I like said that. I was like, oh my God, I, I get to name a character? And I sat and thought and thought and thought and came up with the best name for this guy and then typed it in. And it went back to him and he said, what? No, that's not my name. My name's Roger Bacon. <laughs> I died. It was the best thing I've ever seen. And then he said, I'm super into and then you got to type a thing in and then no matter what you type he says, Nope, it's child porn. <laughs> <laughs> what happens if you type in Roger Bacon now? Oh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I made a game with a name entry thing for a Ludum Dare Ludum Dare? I sure. don't know. Um and basically the way it worked was you type in a name which is probably not one of the secret names and you're running around this world and there's a bunch of different endings kind of but there's also a bunch of stuff you find and in some of the stuff you find it mentions someone by name um and so like there's there's like a name scratched into a wall in one paint point and it's just like a platformer um there's like a little note to someone and i think one of the i don't know and but if you type in one of those particular names Mm you start the game as a different character in a different time. Hmm. And you kind of, you have different abilities as the one character who's like a baby dragon. Um, And there's like, there's a bunch of mushrooms everywhere and if you eat them as anyone but the baby dragon, it just says, oh, you're dead. (laughs) But but as the baby dragon, you eat them and it makes you more powerful. (laughs) But that was kind of like a... Hmm? What was the baby dragon's name? Um, G-A-N-A. Roger Pick. Roger Bacon. <laughs> and also, if you put in Tim Langdell, it would just make a comment about Edge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> were, you, were you all young and idealistic then? And no, I just thought it was F really funny. Tim I just Langdell. thought the Edge thing was hilarious. Yeah. Well, we did not decide on an assignment for next week. So, uh, well, actually, we're not going to do a show next week because we're in the midst of GDC. Yeah. Uh, so. We're going to be balls deep in it, you might say. Alexander, what game must we play? It has to be short-ish. Short Short-ish. and something that we can play on a PC. The Ghost Hack. Have you played it? Uh, have I already told you about time. it? Do you hate it? Oh. I've played. I've played it. Okay. I, have, I bet I we have, have all played it. it several times. But are you okay with the different text adventure? Yeah. yeah. Hmm. All right. Wait. Sorry. What were you saying? Uh, I was just Riff? saying that it's a game that I have. I have, like, once every year or two, I will go. All right. This time, I'm going to play the Ghost Hack, and I'm going to get all the way through it, and I'll play it for like an hour and just. Uh, I'm gonna go over here now, <laughs> but I, 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 if this gives me a reason to actually force myself to play it, I'm cool with that. Yeah, let's do it. You want to do the Goss okay. deck? Yes. Sure. All right. Are you stam of that? You could also do Yog. Yeah, you could do. There, I've, I've got like so many. Just uh, right now, I'm like Suvan Nux, which is a super cool text adventure. Um, Describe Suvan Nux. I feel like I've played that. Um. You fall into a you're, you're you're getting like a spell book from a vault and then it closes on you and then you have to figure out how the hell to get out of the vault. But you have this spell book, and you kind of learn how to cast spells, but you have to make some weird. You have to gain some weird understanding of like the grammar of the magic in the book. It's kind yeah, of cool. I'm almost certain that I have played right. that. But yeah, let's play the Gostag. Yeah. Okay. Not not the Yog or uh, Corrupt or. Fucking not Corrupt, man. <laughs> I. I've tried so. Did you many say times. you love Crypt? No. I I get I get why it's good. Wait, but, but you haven't even seen Magic. I did. I watched a. I watched oh, okay. A All right. Okay. Yeah. Like I watched, and I was like, "Wow!" So that game, which was already too hard for my stupid ass baby brain, would just get 
even harder <laughs> after that. Like, it's, oh, you could just fuck up permanently. Yeah. And it's it's so good. No, I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the Gostack? Yeah, yeah. The Gostack. Sure. The Gostack is our assignment. Uh, I wish that I had any inclination to do anything. Inclination was the wrong word. <laughs> I wish I had an inkling of how long we had it's, been recording. It's been long. All right. Well, so, uh, so Kevin, if somebody wanted to send us a listener's mail for our ever-skipped listener's mail segment, yes. how would they do so? They could tweet us at VG Hot Dog. They could email us, VGHotDog at gmail.com. Or they could check out our website with an awesome web form for submitting questions at VideoGamesHotDog.com. You know, just so that we don't always skip the listener's mail, You'll uh, do I'm going right to listen to this, uh, answer this one listener's mail. Cassandra from Gilbert, Arizona says, This isn't a question, but I just wanted to tell VGT to please hurry up and make more podcasts. Work is extremely boring without listening to you guys. Uh, there are two in the hopper. There is one that is actually edited and ready to go, so it will come out very shortly oh, after this episode. A GDC. That yeah. GDC so next week, instead of uh, instead of this episode uh, from us during GDC, this by this episode I mean the one we're not recording next week. Right. Jesus Christ, guys! <laughs> I I checked out. What is VGT? I, video games taco. Okay. Girl. <laughs> Yeah, right. hot dog was not about dicks, but then when they decided that the girl version was taco, it became about dicks, uh, and I was like, man, I don't want somebody putting dick jokes in my mouth. Not, we did not do it. We did not do it. It was them, and I'm like, whatever. You guys can do yeah. whatever you want. Anyway, there's one of those. Uh, there's one of those ready to go. So I will uh, put that out next week in lieu of a, of, a, of a GDC episode of this. Thank you, Alexander. Yeah. What are you working on? Uh, what What do you have to What do you have to plug? What do you have to tell um, our oh listeners about video games? Come Vi- to G- come to alt.control.gdc yeah, and play. This isn't cool... even going to be out in time for. Yeah, yeah it is. It'll be published just like tomorrow. Or oh, okay, 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 yeah. cool. Um, yeah, alt control GDC. There's two games I've made which are they I don't one of them's like a two player cooperative game where one person has a computer screen and the other one has a laser etched piece of wood um <laughs> so good and analog defender which you guys haven't seen anything of no. um is uh, it's where we say analog I hate story fucking uh, sucked and you are like no way it's really good yeah, I liked it and I have a shield I, of I understand where you came it. from for sure about the story like Ugh. oh it, I didn't I, you, oh, okay. that was Riff that, was, yeah, that wasn't right. me you're confusing no, me with what, Riff what was again. your problem uh, I just ran out of time oh <laughs> I was playing my problem was that I was playing Shadowrun oh, listen okay. I don't want a story if it doesn't have fucking trolls and dragons, dragons in it <laughs> um can I bring up like a new thing? Yeah, sure. uh, I've been playing. Oh, I haven't been playing. I've been preparing to play Burning Wheel. Have you heard of that at all? Yeah, play. that's uh, the RPG. Yeah, yeah. wait, no, paper you, RPG. Yeah, you, you introduced, introduced me you to the, the guy that made it. Guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I went. I went to Harry Tarant. Whatever. It's a place in Toronto. Harry Tarantula. I I went there and I just I bought a copy of Burning Wheel. Um, and so there's like a bunch of us and we're starting up a campaign and I'm GMing it. Okay. And it's turning out really cool because um, there is there's a super old elf who is basically an elf king and then he was like, I think his brother left and so he's like, fuck, I have to go find my brother and figure out what the hell's going on. But he doesn't have very many people skills so he ended up with a couple of like uh, this weird mercenary ra- ragtag mercenary group of humans and this like I don't know like a strider but she can't f- 
stop fidgeting with things and she's odd and skinny. Like Strider is in Strider the video game or Strider is in Aragorn, Aragorn. the last king of yeah. Gondor. That that kind of skill set, I guess, but not personality. Okay. Um and like one of the people from the mercenary group is like uh Bronn from Game of Thrones, that's what he's based on. The guy Is that who, the guy that just says Bronn over and over again? <laughs> no, 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 that's that's Hodor. Okay. Um, no, I, I've not seen any Game of Thrones. He's just he's the guy who's just like, I don't give a shit about anything, but if you pay me, I'll kill who you want me to kill. He's the guy in Game of Thrones who is a coffee maker. <laughs> and the other person is like an insane poisoner who just like was a noble until she poisoned everyone or something. Who in the twin drow assassins, Black and Decker. Black and Decker. <laughs> this would be a good Shadowrun character. That, 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 yeah. that would be. That'd be good. <laughs> anyway. This one's a Decker and this one's just black. <laughs> That's our defining characteristic. <clears throat> Mostly I'm excited for the elf who's just like, how the fuck did I end up with all these incompetent? So these are the characters that your that your players rolled up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is there, is there like, backstory generation stuff cooked into that yeah. system? Is that how that happened? Um, so... Like, are there, like, you'll roll for something and then have to There's, there's no the rolling story? for anything. Oh. Um, but basically, everyone sort of figured out what they wanted and then, like, filled in the gaps. I filled in the gap that the elf is t- a terrible people person because I was... Like, how did this 326-year-old elf king end up with these three <laughs> humans... And I just looked at his character. I was like, oh, he has literally no skills for dealing with people. He has etiquette, and that's it. So, <laughs> so he knows where to put the plates and the knives and stuff. Yeah. He can throw, he can throw a, a fancy dinner party and then invite random strangers <laughs> off the yes. street. Yeah. <laughs> but um, they, there's like a life path system. Uh, and depending on the light... So you're before... A campaign starts, your character's life up to that point is defined by these life paths. Um, you're born at a certain station in life, um, and so you can be maybe born a city dweller and then become a street like runner who just delivers shit. Um, and then depending on the life paths you choose, they have leads to other settings. So you could be go from like a maybe a like you from a noble you could become a city dweller and then maybe become an outcast um but outcast is just like the general umbrella and you can become anything under outcast you could become a pirate or whatever uh and like so an Andre 3000 or and what <laughs> that, no, i missed your joke terrible joke uh it's headphones <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna have to listen to this podcast and hear your terrible joke all right <laughs> i'm gonna edit it out just so damn it you can't. um <laughs> And so, but the life paths are very v- vague. They just, they give you access to a bunch of skills. Um, you have to take the first skill and you have to take the first trait it gives you. Um, and it gives you some other points. And what do you mean it gives you? Like, it's just in it's a defined. list or it's you... It's defined. Yeah, so maybe uh, one of the, so one of the paths might be uh, court chef. And so it gives you access to, let me see if I remember. You have to take cooking. You always have to take the first skill it gives you. So there's cooking and there's also sing um, and lying and herbalism. And so you have to take cooking, but you can start with the other three skills um, by spending the skill points so you get four skill points from that path. Um, yeah. Okay. It's pretty cool. It works out. Have you done much pen and paper role-playing before? Yeah. I ran a campaign that was based on a system I'd made myself, but I only did like two sessions. They were good, though. 
um, with just a bunch of people from high school, and I played a little bit of Dungeons and Dragons, and then more Pathfinder, mm-hmm. and like I read through several books that I've never really played. Yeah, because that's, that's pretty typical. Because they're cool. Yep. All right. Well, now I don't know where the show is structurally anymore. I guess it's. <laughs> I've had this a is, gentleman deep in the opinion. Oh, can I clap? Sure. Gentlemen, I've had a wonderful time recording this episode of Video Games Hot Dog, episode number 144 with you, and uh, I hope we do it again real soon. Mm -hmm. Me too. This was really fun. Have a great week, everybody. Bye-bye, everybody. See ya. Farewell. Don't die. Buttery, buttery, buttery hot stuff.